0: Hey Anglers, this is Eric from Carpicide letting you know that your favorite Carp on the Fly fishing tournament is back in its 6th edition this Saturday, June 6th. Carpicide is the Twin Cities' premier fly fishing tournament that targets your favorite spooky fish, the common carp. Carpicide originated as the anti-fishing tournament. No sponsored anglers, no trophy fish, no bullshit, just good vibes chasing down one of the least desirable invasive species imaginable, and plenty of beers and fish stories at the end of the day. Now in its 6th edition, Carpicide aims to bring anglers together to target the spooky fish, explore some weird local water, and raise a cold one to support thoughtful water protection and conservation. We are proud to partner with Sportsmen for the Boundary Waters in 2020 to raise money to support and protect one of Minnesota's proudest recreational areas. And since we can host our usual pre-tournament happy hour, tournament morning kickoff, and in-person award ceremony and after party, we're opening up Carpicide to anyone who wants to catch Carp on the fly this year. We're also happy to partner this year with some great companies including Reddington Gear, Loon Outdoors, and our local partners Men Provisions, Modest Brewing Company, Stone Arch Tattoo, and Freshwater Flats Guide Service. Head over to Carpacide.com for more details about this year's tournament format, and be sure to follow Carpaside underscore MPLS on Instagram for the latest updates, prize details, and carp content leading up to Carpside 6 this Saturday, June 6th. Thanks to the folks at SVS Fishing Podcast for the shout-out this week, and we look forward to seeing you out there at a safe distance this Saturday. Cheers.
1: This is a fair request, and I promise I will not judge any person only as a teenager if you will constantly remind yourself that some of my generation judges people by their race, their belief, or the color of their skin, and that this is no more right than saying all teenagers are drunken dope addicts or glue sniffers.
2: for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. First off, I'd like to thank Eric Johnson from Modest Brewing for the little side uh, introduction we had at the beginning of the show. So if anyone wants to go and get uh, register for side, the link is going to be in our show notes this evening. So... Uh, we're running a little skeleton crew, first part of the show. Jay is on his way back from a hellacious float. Uh I can't wait to hear him talk about this. You guys are gonna laugh your asses off. Um
3: I gotta ask, are you gonna go see your pets?
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely I'm gonna see my pets. Hey, they're gonna score, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh hey, we're we're in another studio tonight. Uh moving around. More personal issues, but Hey, we're we're uh, taking this traveling shit show on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, if uh if the noises are weird, I got a goofy glare on a computer screen. So, uh hey, tonight's show brought to us by Predator Flygear. Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com.
3: Eric Hooks, anything you are looking for erichooks.com.
2: Uh tonight's show is being brought to us live from the Auxiliary Urban Fly Company Studios. <laughs> so uh, we'd like to thank Urban Fly Company check them out at urbanflycompany.com
3: Sims Fishing it's that time of the year you gotta watch the sun check out their uh, UPF their sun protection stuff's nice
2: hey did we hit A-Rex hooks mhm okay good because I wanted to hit why not fishing check out their app The Dock
3: Yeti built for the wild
2: and uh, check out our boy Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding Um uh, you need some flies tied that aren't musky flies like bark ties at Urban Fly Company Check out Ryan.
3: A hey, little shout-out. Oh, yeah! Josh sh- Meltzer. Little Bam Bam. These stickers are sweet. He sent us over. Uh, got a muskie. Muskie
2: eating a fly. And a uh, single Buford. Pretty sweet-looking flies. So, where... Or where Sweet-looking stickers of flies. Where do people find them? I know we can find them on the, uh, the Muskie Fly pages on Facebook. He does
3: have a link on his Instagram Bam Bam Fly Guy. And... I don't remember what his website is. I'm sure if you if you Google search, Bam Bam's probably gonna come up. Or not Bam Bam. Not Bam Bam, Bam, Bam no, but Bam Bam Fly Guy. <laughs> it's something of that nature and it'll
2: I'm sure also if you look up the Fly Strung podcast, uh, you'll find yeah, a link to, should be to Josh Meltzer. And speaking of podcasts other than ours, we have a real live podcast host on tonight. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can mm-hmm. fill our shoes for us. You know? Maybe we'll just have him interview us.
3: We'll let him run the show tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm going to kick back, kick my shoes off, put my feet up.
3: Tonight for us, it'll be first thing in the morning for him.
2: So, uh, if you haven't guessed, uh, Chris Adams from Ammo Flies and Beast Brushes and the Intermediate Angler, mate, is coming on. (laughs) Or the Intermediate Line. I'm sorry, I even fucked it up. (laughs) So, uh, it's been a long day. God, Mark. what, uh, What time did we wake up this morning?
3: I woke up at quarter to five.
2: Oh, I woke up at four. Because I had a coffee pot to clean. <laughs> so Mark and I went... Mus- Seriously
3: jumped the gun on that one.
2: Mark and I went musky fishing like three weeks ago. And that was the last time I made coffee. So I forgot the grounds in the coffee pot. <laughs> they, they have this like cool green fungus that grows. But <laughs> I didn't want to take a chance it at It leaves none.
3: that smell in there too. It's like an old musty.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Luckily the... Uh, The carafe was clean, so uh, hopefully I don't get sick. And if I do, hopefully the uh, the fungus works like penicillin. Yeah, you'll be (laughs) fine. Um,
3: what'd you think of the day?
2: (laughs) Oh fuck. Um, I will say, uh, we always say the person in the rower seat has to keep the mood light. God, Mark, that was your job today because I was having a fuck of a time. (laughs) The wind was bad. Line was getting caught everywhere. I was just super fucking frustrated. And then, then Mark goes and moves the fucking fish. I was like, God damn it, now he's never going <laughs> to want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just a, a bad situation for me. But get and it's,
3: f- just, it's such a pain, too, because when you're dealing with that sustained wind, no matter where you lay the fly line at, when you're backhanding, as soon as you like go to make that haul, all that line picks up off the deck, and it sweeps under your feet, under everywhere, tangled around this, tangled around that. And it's just,
2: I, it's, it, what do you do? You know what I do? I cursed and I pouted and I, I shook my rod. And you I, did that a lot. <laughs> it's like, that, that, you, that you did. Uh, I did realize that um, it's not just tip tops that get messed up from uh, from sinking lines. It's stripping guides too. Oh, I uh, chewed the crap out of my, my sinking line.
3: The, these fly lines just, oh, they wreak havoc on, fly, on rods, oh. uh, at top, the whole way up and down on them.
2: I need that after today. God Reels,
3: <laughs> I've got grooves completely cut into my reels, all on the sides of them, from where the line's getting pulled in and out at.
2: I've never looked at that. I, mm. That's something I should probably look oh, at, too. Oh, yeah. That's a that's why I do buy cheap reels for uh for musky fishing, you know
3: echoes. Just, just holds As Long cheap, as it balances the rod. Yeah, cheap as you everything can Everything else holds the line.
2: Uh, you're getting one that is gonna look pretty though too.
3: What's that?
2: On that big rod, right? What you talking about?
3: Aren't you buying a used one? Oh yeah, that reel. I thought you're talking about new rod. I was like, oh, what am I getting now?
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, it's a uh, old Orvis Odyssey. So that was like a solid plate. So that's gonna have nice weight to it, and for two handing, mm-hmm. that'll be perfect. That's gonna I like a little heavier rod with a reel with that. Should balance out that bigger rod well.
2: Speaking of the two handed, today was the first time I got to see that big gun in action. It worked, uh, It worked better than I expected it would. Mm-hmm. You know, for as little practice as you've uh, had, I, with yeah,
3: it. I need a lot more practice. But it fished effectively. I mean, there was a couple of times where the wind really started getting the best of it, so I just went. Went back to single-handed it.
2: Oh, the wind got the best of everything today. God. <laughs> it was but, one of those
3: days you had no break in the morning. From the time we launched a boat, it was blowing you out of the boat launch.
2: I, I hate to be the guy that, oh, the conditions got the better of me today. But they fucking did. We fished it <laughs> well,
3: though. That's the thing. is we I mean <clears throat> We started off in one area that... Yeah, there probably could have been fish in there, but the weeds were just so choked that every time you got to fly and you went to go to a figure eight, unless the fly was up on top of the water, you were just it wasn't doing any good.
2: I told you, I was just, I'm was i waiting for one to hit the strip. So I was
3: like, <laughs> let's move up. Let's get up into like these stumps. And at that point, I mean, we're first thing in the morning still, it the wind just cooking. Blew us down through that. We fished it. Uh, okay. And then we moved back up a little bit, fished it again, yeah, mediocrely. I was like, no, this just isn't going to work. Went out around. I was like, if we get to the one side of this island, there should be a break there. As soon as we stop, it looks perfect And about, what, we're not even too cast in. Boom. Wind roars and just starts cooking us right down, blowing us through that. I think that's what I told you. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just leave. Go back get to get the small rods and go small mouth fishing.
2: You said that I I was like a fucking dog in chasing a a bitch in heat, man. I was like, "Yeah, let's go get some small rods." Yeah. <laughs> and then you came around the corner and saw like a windbreak. Well, you just kept talking me into it. You came around the corner and saw a windbreak. <laughs> I was like, "Oh motherfucker, we got to keep these big rods back out." <laughs> <laughs> Should have just said something Hey, let's take off I didn't take it off No, nah, it, it's a better story now but after, yeah,
3: <laughs> so after we get around the backside of that island Fished it It was kind of the same thing We fished it okay I stuck a fly right in my back That was nice it, Thankfully it didn't it, it, I had a couple layers on So it didn't make it into the skin No, it was just But that thing was coming point in, in <laughs> I was coming in hot I watched it happen.
2: Yeah, you were. Really,
3: I don't know why he looked at me for something. I
2: was like, whack. And I just kind of look at you. I was like, how do you help? No, because I, I saw you like backhand it and it fell in the water. And then you like ripped it out. I was like, oh, that can't be good. And boom. I was like, oh. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, Mark, did that go in past the barb? He's like, I don't know. It's in the middle of my back. <laughs>
3: So after that, it's like, all right, well, if the back of this island fished okay, let's go try the back of another one. Went around the back of the other one, and that was kind of like a crapshoot. There had to have been 40 boats all lined up on this windbreak that really wasn't a windbreak. Because as soon as you got within 10 feet of this 30 foot patch, it started cooking from both sides. Yeah. It, so the boat was going like what? It started pushing it to the left and then the wind from the left side of the
2: island would come around and hit it and then it would push the boat the other way. It was just goofy. It's kind of like water current coming around an island <laughs> when they converge and they just make a cluster F.
3: So I, I set the boat up probably 25, 30 foot off of shore. Maybe a little bit
2: further.
3: That's about right. 50 yeah. foot. About 50 foot offshore. And there's a row of boats behind us, in our, front of us. Are you
2: talking our first drift?
3: The first drift.
2: We were twenty five feet off because I was like pussy casting, like right up into the uh, into the wood.
3: Yeah, so we're, we're super close and we're drifting in between the shore and boats. that can't be another but thirty, forty foot behind us. So we're working our way through them, kind of like casting down and working it back, kind of get ourselves situated. Floating in past a couple boats, work past another, and finally get to where we get a little bit of depth, and it starts dropping down to six, seven foot, and it gets comfortable. And then I'm—I don't know what—I was just yelling, just yelling for nothing, just you yelling. You were talking at the fish.
2: about chubby. You said something about chubby one, or come on, big chubby.
3: Oh yeah, you big chubby fat one. Or just yelling at or something. Then turn on the left side of the eight, and wham! Here comes a fish out of nowhere. I'm like, oh
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a little mini rocket.
3: Yeah, it just I came out of nowhere, but I hammered it as I going, pulling the rod to the right, and it just I drug it for a couple head shakes and popped off, and enough to kind of get the heartbeat
2: and kind of
3: got it going. And the funny part is, is now you have this whole string of boats we floated past, <laughs> like kind of watching at this point.
2: I was just telling you we were maybe 15 feet in front of some pontoon boat. And their eyes were as big as saucer plates, man. They are oh, what? Those guys with them whippy sticks caught something. Or hooked something. So, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yellow single Buford. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know.
3: But that was kind of cool, though. Then we just kept drifting our way back out of that. Because, I mean, it just, the wind, it was sustained 20s. But as hard as it was to cast what we could fish effectively. Felt Yeah. Really we, confident that it was it's good water.
2: It was good water, good depth, and we were good
3: temp. I mean we never quite hit sixty nine, but we held sixty eight all day long.
2: <laughs> so but yeah, we, we did fish it effectively. Uh there was a short while in there when I was pouting. I just felt like like Tommy Lynch said, I was pulling color for a little bit. But you know the fly was getting down all things considered yeah we I, I can't
3: complain as how we fished with the circumstances we were given we gave it a good shot i mean we fished everything we did we fished it well and if we didn't we moved off of it and found what we could fish well
2: um i do want to do talk about our fly selection a little bit today cuz you yeah. and i were totally different <laughs> game plans i uh i took eight flies and you took eight fly boxes <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've i been trying a new concept to me uh, We've had a lot of people on the show Talking about making shank flies And just hanging hooks off of them So that's that's what I wanted to do And I really like the way they swim I like the way they look They're, You get a bigger profile, I think Because you can have a longer shank And then mm-hmm. just like kind of break it up And then I had one of them That I hung two double hooks It was like a goddamn Rapala you know? They looked
3: good in the water.
2: So, I uh, I think that's where I'm going now. Uh, we can keep the A-Rex for the smallmouth, the hybrids, the carp. But I think for muskie, I'm just going to hang double hooks off shanks. Not
3: a bad idea. And get a couple fish to eat it. Make sure everything goes the way you want it to. Exactly. I, I think the only thing that I foresee that like you'll look into is once the fish is hooked fighting it. Because you do have that second hook that can get in the way. Just see how all that goes. But try it a couple times, hook a couple fish, and then if that will roll with it. Because it does. I mean, it still fish is good. It doesn't prohibit the movement of it. It swims well. It's got a good side to side action.
2: Yeah, uh, that big fucking weave fly. That thing was a mother to cast, but it it looked good. And uh, I Jay said. Oh yeah, it'll it'll be heavy if it stays. What I said? Yeah, only if you uh, drop your back cast, which I did in the wind a bunch, <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't make fun of him about that. Um, sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but, uh, fly
3: selection. You're kind of getting on that. I'm, I'm terrible with that because I get like too an- analytical.
2: Well, you tie flies for like a side business, so you have to have a, a fly selection. <laughs> in, in
3: a lot of that, I'm trying new stuff, but I kind of sit and look at it as, okay, I've got small fly that's going to sink fast, big fly it's going to sink fast, buoyant head, neutral color, buoyant head, bright color, and dark colors of these, and I kind of have a set of ones that I've been using recently, maybe 10 or 12 flies, and then I've got four fly boxes full in the back. But I have them 10 or 12 flies that I kind of cycle between, and every one of them has a different way that it's obviously sinks and that it fishes. Depending on the wind and how we're having to strip that, like this time we were having to strip super fast and like pick up with quick, rapid strips because
1: you couldn't not strip bot- long
3: because if you threw it over the boat, you sucked it out or the wind would take it. So you were stripping down super fast, but only on like four inch strips. So I kept working through trying to find flies that. A, I found look real good, like visibly in the water with the stain we have, and two, that fished well with that cadence. So it eliminated a lot of other flies I was even going to use, and I narrowed it down. Okay, these ones, I needed to get down now because I have to start stripping it immediately. I got to strip it like this, and I wanted to do this. What flies are, and then after I went through about a dozen, okay, these three, and I stuck and I just rotated between them three depending on the overcast. If it went overcast, I
2: switched a little bit, and then if when it went back and they were all. Similar patterns. And, and what happens if you uh, you took three seconds to adjust your line before you start stripping?
3: Oh, it was just a mess. <laughs> I jammed a the log logs. and then I broke it. I s- three times that happened. I mean, that line sinks now. What is that, 700 grain? 700 uh, airflow depth, uh, depth finder. I think it's like eight seconds, eight inch per second.
2: Yeah, that's... That's getting down there, man, especially Quick. in seven feet of water when you're blowing into your fly, mm-hmm. you know, stuff yeah. happens fast.
3: Tell you what, though, with that Limit Creek rod, that thing, it's a perfect setup with that rod. For musky wise I mean, that is, that's the ultimate for chucking big
2: stuff. I, uh, I cast it over in the pond last week, and uh, like I said, the only thing I was having troubles with, maybe because I haven't cast a muskie rod in quite a while, was I was having trouble carrying the line, keeping it. Mm-hmm. keeping it up you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it it's just a lot of line <laughs> and that's heavy yeah and as you
3: see like what i would do is one like false cast and then on the second one i bring it in low raise the rod up like a belgian cast and then just heave it up high yep and their are so heavy one good haul it's just gone that's another thing with
2: the 20 mile an hour winds oh yeah that, get some, it up there. Put that thing up in the jet stream mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just goes. As long as it doesn't get caught around your shoes or the boot laces or the motor or
3: <laughs> And that's where like the two hand was uh, it was tough to do then because as soon as you made that cast back, all that line lifted and the wind took it and it tangled it. Yep. So at that point I was like, nope, back to single hand. But other than that though, the two handed with that seven hundred grain is a lot better than it was with a five fifty. Uh, made a big difference.
2: I'm I'm sure it did, because like I said, you've had that rod for Three weeks now, maybe? Three? No, I got it uh, back in February. Really? It was that long ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I've got to fish it quite a bit now. That's okay. probably well, I guess eighth
2: or tenth trip out with it. When you got it, we were looking at it in t-shirts. I yeah. remember. So that that's what made me think man. it was recent. Yep. Because <laughs> the weather's been so goofy.
3: Yeah, but that'll be... That's uh, going to be a big part of fishing lakes well, is having a rod like that.
2: Yeah. So, I, I want to tell a funny story about something that, uh, that at least one of our listeners will find <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, okay, I so, got to hear this. We're, we're tailoring this show to Scott. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yesterday, my wife and I, it's her last Saturday off before, uh, before she goes back to COVID cuts and uh, starts cutting hair again. So, we said, we've been riding bikes lately. And I said, hey, Ash, let's go for a big one. And a big one to us, I'm, I'm chubby and my wife's very fit. So a big one to us is 24 miles. So we went down to a lo- or up to a local lake and, uh, they have a 12 mile bike trail. We, we didn't know where the ends of the trail, were. we're, we're total noobs at this. So we ended up parking at one of the boat launches, which is like in the middle of the trail <laughs> and we, we drove to one end, turned around, came back, drove past our truck to the other end and back. So we did the the entire trail, but started in the middle, which doesn't make (laughs) sense. Um, and about, two thirds of the way we were riding through this wooded section along the side of the lake. And I almost wiped out once because I was looking at wildflowers and looking for mushrooms on the side of the the trail. And I was looking down the side (laughs) and, uh, Ash said, what was that in front of you? I said, what are you talking about? She said, it looked like a person crossed in front of you. I said, was it a swamp ape? She said, what the hell is a swamp ape? (laughs) I said, was it a Bigfoot? She said, it might have been. She said, it could have been a deer, but it looked like a person. I said, deer don't look like people, Ash. I said, I have to text Scott right now. Tell him we saw a swamp ape. (laughs) So... My wife has a that's fantastic a conf, a confirmed maybe sighting of Bigfoot confirmed maybe <laughs> it's but solid a solid maybe um on the uh on the for real though I did find an oyster a mushroom and uh and did I, you eat it yet oh yeah mm-hmm. so
3: cooking butter
2: no I, mm. I did something a little different but uh I found it. I was like, this is really cool. It looks like an oyster. I'm not quite positive. And since, you know, we're best friends with all our guests, I took a picture of it and I sent it to last week's guest buddy and said, Hey buddy, look at this. And uh, we went kept peddling. And he said, Oh, that's neat, man, that's an oyster. Like, ah, cool. So we ended the or we did the whole trail and that one that I found was uh right by the road. So we threw the bikes in the bed of the truck, drove up, and uh, I I grabbed it. And then I came back. And I, I double-checked the identification because you got to double-check and triple-check just to make sure. You don't want to get some bad shit. Um, and then I got online, and I was looking recipes for uh, the oysters. Excuse me. Um, I found one. It was crispy oysters. Like the guy made, he baked them, but baked them and made them crispy like potato chips. Hmm. But when he did that, he didn't tell us a temperature that you bake them at. So mine didn't come out crispy, but they came out cooked, and they were really good. Um, I will say, if you get an oyster, you, uh, get fresh lemon juice, squeeze a whole lemon, uh, put some olive oil in it, cut up garlic, and put that in the the mix, uh, when I put garlic salt, and then I put the oysters Into a Ziploc bag and poured that concoction over it and shook them around for a little bit. And then I put them on a pizza stone and baked them for 350 for like 12 minutes. And then I flipped them for another six minutes and they came out so good.
3: (laughs) That sounds good. It was really good. So, any uh, other mushrooms or
2: anything you see on the way? Oh my God. I saw so many pheasant backs. They were big ones and they would have tasted like dirt. So, we, and like I said, we were on a bike. We're not the best. Um, the small ones, I had, I've had two pheasant backs so far. Uh, the small ones taste like butter and garlic and salt because that's what you fry them in. And the big ones taste like butter and garlic and salt and dirt. So, they, uh, I don't know. Not I, worth
3: wasting the time on them ones. Not huh? worth my time. <clears throat> so, you're going to get a sheephead winner ready? Yes, I am. I'm going to at least look for them. Oh, I'm sure you'll find one. So, hey. Do you remember the monsters they used to get down the farm? I never had
2: them. My mom always talks about them. She said, Larry used to make these sh- mushrooms. They tasted like meat.
3: Oh, they were bigger than the f- um, five-gallon bucket.
2: Bigger than the one uh, that we posted a picture of Buddy with?
3: Uh, I'd have to look at that one again, but it was uh, it, ranging in that size. Yeah, yep, about that. Cool,
2: cool, man. That's some big mm-hmm. mushrooms. Mm-hmm. They'll feed you for days.
3: Yeah, they're a treat to clean, but they're worth it.
2: Um, Do we have anything else we want to hit on in this first segment?
3: No. Hit up Chris. Give him a call. And
2: yeah, bro. Let's do it. And we are back with Chris Adams from Flies, Beast Brushes and our sit-in uh, podcast host tonight from the Intermediate Line podcast. What's going on, Chris?
4: Not too much, gentlemen. How are you guys rolling?
2: Oh, we're rolling deep tonight. The BS is getting deep over here.
4: Yeah, I'm pretty pumped to come on for uh, roll number three, that's for sure. But can I do a quick shout-out? Is Ab- that cool? Absolutely. I want to shout-out to my uh, high school guidance counselor called Mr. Latcham. I fucking made it, dude. Look at me three times on SBS.
3: And you come with a list of accolades. <laughs> Look at me now, Mister
2: Latcham. In your face, Mister Latcham. There you
4: go. I think he's dead, actually. That's a shame. Yeah. Hey, poor sip up my homies. I won. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's kill or be killed down under, mate.
2: <laughs> Did a drop bear get him?
4: Nah, mate. No drop this time. But uh <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and douche you guys this time, you know. I'm uh I'm here for a professional show. And um I'd I'd really like it if we sort of took that plane if, if possible.
2: Yeah, we can do that. Um are you calling in from your swimming pool?
4: <laughs> not too cold, man. It's it's freezing here at the moment. I was just explaining to you guys that uh it's sixty two degrees Fahrenheit, which I've converted kindly for you guys. So no one has to do math.
2: Uh, we were we were going to bring that up, and then we said, ah, we'll leave that to, to the foreigner.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'll do it, man. I've got Google in front of me. I'm I'm Jamie for you guys today.
2: So uh, here's another question for you. Is it mm. semi-offensive that on my iPhone I put it to the Australian accent to give me directions?
4: Uh, it depends, right? <laughs> Does the Australian accent sound like this? Yeah, it, it says, keep right on, or right on, yeah. keep going straight, eh? Man, Mate. you dudes <laughs> ne- never nail the Australian accent. Like no. I was saying earlier, G- Jim Jeffries has got it. That's how Australians sound. That's because he's but, Australian. Uh, yeah, th- well, there you go. I'm Australian. I-, I don't sound like I'm British to you, do I? Not at uh, all. <laughs> I can speak an American accent if it's easier.
2: What? Did you- hey, dude.
4: Hey, dude. How's it going, dude? Catch yeah. A- catch our wave, eh? Sure. <laughs> See? <laughs> Can talk like this all day long. Now, this now is a from, very professional podcast. From, yeah, now you're from Central Ohio. <laughs> I fucking nailed it. I, I I could easily be Wild West as well, here. Huh? I don't sound like you guys. It's uh, I've been listening to the Tiger King a lot, practicing my accent. <laughs> oh, he's a good
5: he's a good way to get your American accent. Oh my god, yeah. that, that is not what Americans w- sound like, Chris. I swear to God.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on acquiring some big cats to. Uh, you know, see if I can get some cheap labor for my fly tying business. And uh, it's not going well.
2: Are you going to make a country and western album as well?
4: Yeah. Yeah, there is actually a, a lady who lives down the street here who's killed her husband as well. So, you know, I think we've got all the bits and pieces. <laughs> 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 Miss, her, her, name, her name is Mrs. Latcham. I don't know if you
2: Was she married to I'm your uh, your high school gans counselor?
4: You know, I'm picking up the connection there. I think... There could be something in there. There possibly might be. <laughs> <laughs> I won, Mrs. Latcham. Fuck you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: so did Mr. Latcham always smell like sardine oil?
4: <laughs> Only shoes, from what I could tell. Okay. But, uh, <laughs>
2: We're keeping on a straight and It's a wild
4: documentary. I'm pretty sure that's, uh, that's that gets shown in schools over here now for uh, you know, lessons about the U.S. That's It's not accurate, you're <laughs> saying that? <laughs>
2: No, no, not at least on the coasts. It might be more accurate, like where it was depicted in Oklahoma. Yeah. So- Sorry, anyone from Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's fucking wild, man. Such a good doco.
2: Oh, it is. I I was riveted. I could not take my eyes away from it.
5: All right, here's a, here's an accent question for you. Does everybody in Australia have the same accent? Because people all across our country sound way different than each other.
4: Yeah no they don't but only through grammar you know you've got people who live in the southern parts of australia who you know potentially i think they're better than us in the tropics and they might say are you going to the shops where we might say oi are you going to the shops or something like that you see is that does that all sound the same to you guys because to me it sounds pretty different
2: oh that's totally different
4: yeah yeah
2: that's like we yeah we, so, yeah we definitely have different dialects uh Jay has like a, a Central Ohio dialect, whereas I speak the Queen's English. And uh, Oh sorry, I thought you meant
4: Oklahoma then for a second, not and, Ohio. Got and
0: it. then, uh,
2: then we have like Ellis on from, uh, from River Tactical Flies, and he, he yep. definitely sounds like he's from where he's from. You know, what yeah, I mean? love the dude. Yeah, he's got, but he's he, got that. Um, he's got the down south. What's it? Yeah, yeah, like um, almost like oh, what's Virginia, it? West Virginia, Kentucky. Dude. Like Larry the Cable Guy.
4: Nah, nah, because that's nah, pretty offensive, um, Chris. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you got an accent like that, then you might be a redneck. Is that Je- that? Jeff uh, Foxworthy, that's Jeff Foxworthy, right? That's yeah. the one. Yeah. 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 You are picking up on uh, all of
2: our, uh, all of uh, the American stereotypes.
4: Yeah, man. Well, they're stereotypes because they're they're true, right? It's <laughs> probably right.
3: just what keeps you busy all day while time flies. <laughs>
2: Oh my yeah, god! So, <laughs> uh, before we, uh, you know, pee our pants, laughing, uh, you yeah. you had a little auction that went on a little while ago for the uh, the fire recovery. Uh, yeah. How how is the fire situation going for you guys, and how'd the auction turn out?
4: Yeah. Well, the auction was more work than we anticipated. To talk about that first, so essentially, our fire auction turned into a flood auction and sort of petered onto a pandemic auction as well a little bit so it uh, went a little bit longer than expected but in all seriousness those fires were extremely brutal um there's still a lot of people that are uh without without homes and without a lot of shit um and you know like not only the devastation of um you know people being uh kicked out of their houses and and what have you but you know obviously the economy got got hammered as well and then uh, corona came and yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy what's going on this uh, in 2020. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Um,
4: but yeah, no, the auction did well. We raised a lot of money. I couldn't actually. I couldn't tell you how much we raised off the bat. Um, we had a we, you know Mark contributed to it, which was which was awesome. Uh, and heaps of guys from the states have contributed, and all over the world, uh, Scandinavia and all that sort of stuff as well. A lot of Australian tires. A lot of companies put in. Everyone banded together. It was amazing how many people from all over the world banded together for the Australian bushfire victims. And uh, yeah, for the small amount that we contributed, uh, you know, it's a drop in the ocean compared to what some people were giving. And, you know, it's, uh, it really restores your faith in humanity a little bit with that. Although um, we took the pace of a sleeping elephant to get it done. But we, uh, but we got it done.
2: Yeah. And, and I'm sure everyone that, uh, that's a- affected by what you guys did is thanking you no matter how long it took. You know what I mean?
4: yeah it all yeah it all went to um yeah, it was sketchy trying to like nominate charities to go to because there were some fucking scammers that came out of the whole woodwork with that stuff you know it was a shame people are uh, profiteering off um, off you know people's misfortune um, you know it's just a shame it's a real shame so we, we were really careful about where where the money went. A lot of it went to wild, wildlife rescue because uh you know a lot of drop bears got really burnt through that and um, and those drop bears they don't they don't breed well if they're burnt. And uh, you know we're just really worried about the population.
2: So what does that go to? Do they put salve on the drop bears' burnt testicles? Or
4: well, no. What they do is they just they create like a day spa for them, and they just they just relax around, just eating human flesh and just recovering, basically, yeah.
2: Okay, because that nourishes them the best. Is does that have Yeah, the,
4: the charred remains. Oh no, it's got to be fresh. It's got to be truly really fresh. Okay. So we we uh, we acquire human donors, and um and they basically just stand there. And just let themselves become devoured by these drop bears. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's not the sort of process you want to be watching, really. But you know, it's what they do, and you know, who are we to stand in the way of nature?
2: No, it's nature. It has to take its course. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. You, do you at least give them a red flag to hold. What's that, man? So do you at least give them a red flag to hold?
4: The, uh, the donors. Yeah. Oh uh, well, we don't want to give them the ability to communicate at all because I'm sure it's a pretty brutal way to die. But um, you know, I think the the less we hear of them, the better. At the other day.
2: <laughs> so, with the uh, the auction, you said you guys donated a little bit. Is that you as Ammoflies or you as Beast Brush?
4: Yeah, I tied. I, yeah, I tied flies. I did both. Yeah, I tied flies for the auction and I donated um, uh, the, some like a big swag of. Beast brushes branded products as well. Um, yeah, so I tied a like um, tried to tie a little uh, deer hair lizard type thing. That's uh, a, that looks like a lizard we have here called a frill neck lizard. Um, so I tried to make a bit of an Australiana type theme fly, um, which went all right. Uh, you know, it fetched about a hundred hundred bucks, which I think is about I don't know sixty bucks US. I think given the current state of our economy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it went quite well. So, you know, I was hoping to get as much as I can for that sort of stuff. It was such a unique tie. It took me about two hours. Um, and with the Beast Brushes stuff, just a heap of, heap of, uh, heap of yeah, just a heap of Beast Brushes branded gear. But, uh, you know, like I said, what I contributed or what we contributed as the as the host of the show was a drop in the ocean compared to what everyone else did. That's for sure.
3: What's the target species for that lizard fly? Uh,
4: Cod, really? Merse, Murray cod? Mainly merge. Yeah. Yeah, Murray Codd would smash that. Uh, I, like since the last show, I'm sure I've sent you guys pictures of Murray Cod eating massive lizards and shit like that. Like, uh, what well, would have, hang on? I'll bring up the converter and I'll see how big it'd be in inches.
2: You don't send me any of those pictures. The ones you send me are massive alligators eating fish <laughs> on the banks, <laughs> the banks of rivers. Yeah, which is yeah, man, fucking wild.
4: Did you see that one where that dude was catching that fish in the swamp and he had to run backwards and
2: yes. was dragging the fish? Yeah, <laughs> dragging the, water? the fish yeah. in the mud.
4: <laughs> what a pussy man! I would have jumped on that crocodile on its back, had a big knife, put it through its head, and go, "That's not a knife," because that's what we're doing, in Australia.
2: Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how everyone talks. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of another American stereotype, that's some gator yeah. boy shit.
4: Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that's how we've got to live over here, you know? So, uh, crocodiles can be a form of transport if they're trained. Same with kangaroos. But uh, but generally, you get those wild rogues that will just steal fish.
2: So you don't just box kangaroos?
4: <laughs> no, they're way too sharp, dude. You know, you've got to train for a while. It's not like anyone can just jump off the street and box a kangaroo, dude. Come on. I know Let's I can. get real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, nah. It's uh no, it's uh you know they get in the way but um uh, I got my friend my uh my cousin rather staying with the mate he got affected by corona stuff he works at the airport and all the airlines have been because of transport restrictions and stuff but um you know he had his job to do with kangaroos he uh he drives a VW Golf for the airports and just shoes the kangaroos off the airstrip as they uh, as the planes land and uh so he's he's staying with me cuz he's got no job cuz there's no flights
2: well I guess that's the best time to be sick when you're unemployed.
4: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's a cool job.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I would have a fun, fun day shooing away kangaroos driving a golf.
4: Well, shoes are probably a nice way to put it. They just, they weld up a steel bull bar for the front of the car and
2: just... (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like we do with with Canadian
4: geese. Yeah, they're much (laughs) easier to mop up than shoe off, you know? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
5: Jesus Christ. <laughs> is, that, is, that is that wallabies as well, or is that just kangaroos?
4: Oh, wallabies don't make the bull bar, man. They, they go under the wheels, they're a bit smaller. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, hey, let's, let's turn our direction to uh, beast brushes for just a moment. Yep. It's kind of a misnomer anymore, isn't it? Uh, you guys carry way more than just brushes.
4: Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it started off as brushes. And uh, I think last time on the show, it just started up and um, we were just about to launch, I can't remember, um, but yeah, no, it started off as brushes and started off with brushes just for game changers, um, and even those have evolved, but now it goes on to you know, brushes for shrimps and you know, uh, you know, just collars and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, yeah, and it's expanded out, so I had a business partner leading up to 2020, um, and that was Marty, and Marty decided to bail because he had a full-time job and Beast Brushes was uh, ironically becoming a beast and um, that we couldn't cage a little bit. So he had to make a decision as to whether he wanted to pick his day job or continue with Beast Brushes. And and, and I respect his decision and he decided to stay, stay with um, carpentry, which is what he does for a full-time job still. And, uh, and I took it over as of January 1st, 2020. Um, my role in Beast Brushes was you know, obviously development with the brushes for game changers and stuff like that in addition with Marty. But I really wanted to bring in uh, quality natural materials and stuff like that as well that uh, can't be sourced elsewhere. And, uh, and that's just – that's grown as well. So, you know, saddles and bucktails and things like that, um, uh, you know, capes, all that sort of carry on. But just looking for materials that other people don't have, you know, and, and still, still evolving like that. In fact, it's probably taking up a lot more time than ammo flies is now, that's for sure.
3: I think it's something like a lot of us take for granted, you know, with materials that you guys just can't get your hands on there.
4: Oh, yeah, we're in a, we're, we're, we're subject to mainstream materials for the, for the greater majority of what's available in Australia. That's for sure. So, you know, brands like Wopsy and, and hairline, you know, they, they flood Australia and although there's nothing wrong with that stuff, um, for people who are looking for a more, challenging tie or a a more complicated or or looking for looking into more of what the performance they expect from a floor um i'm looking to provide materials for that you know and uh i don't with beast brushes i don't i don't stock everything i just stock the shit that i know inside and out you know it's um i just you know i could easily could easily have everything and you know trout beads and all that sort of carry on and i don't, I just don't have it I just it, it beast brushes is kind of like an outfitter for ammo flyers, if you like
2: you know what beast brushes should start carrying not nah. a bunch of mop, a bunch of mops, man, you mops would, <laughs> you would sell the shit out of them
4: mop brush <laughs> yeah, bro
3: yeah, last yeah. I knew, you you were turning into a trout guy, me yeah, you
4: what do you mean coral trout?
3: What was that last huh? picture? L- last picture before you finally caught another fish here recently. Weren't you uh, thumbing it, liping a rainbow trout?
4: Oh, yeah, man. That's, yeah. Fuck, I caught some shit for that. You're not meant to hold. You're not meant to bass lip, <laughs> lip grip, uh, rainbow trout, I hear.
3: You say you turned into a trout guy.
4: I'd do it, man. I get it. If I lived near trout, I would definitely fish for him. But the nearest trout for me is about, a, I don't know, an eight-hour drive and and Ooh. six hours my other way i could go catch a permit so you know what i mean it's, it's permit gt's or it's trout nah. you know it's, it's a no-brainer to me
3: that's a no-brainer
4: so you, you yeah. sent
2: me a picture of some carp uh yep are, are they closer to you
4: yeah uh, it's about two hours from me for me the car, carp well worth the drive they're awesome i love catching carp
2: wait, wait. you drive two hours to catch a carp
4: yeah man like that, those like that picture I sent you. Like yeah. that's that's not a little fish, and they're all kind of like that. And it's uh, the lake that I fish. It's still water, and it's just gin clear. Like there's there's it, if you know, if you weren't looking at the bush to the side of it, you would not um, see much difference between that and Christmas Island for a bonefish flat that they live on. You know these these fish are living you know, on white sand, and visibility of I don't convert this, but I'm just going to say it in metres. Like, you know, five metres visibility, which, what would that be, about 17, 18 feet like 50, through the water? That's how clear it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, you can see those fish coming from a mile away, and they're super spooky, as you guys would know. The thing is, in in the state that I live in, in Australia, those fish are noxious, so it's not, not legal to put them back. So we have to kill every single carp that we pull out of the water here, um, which is a shame because... Well, it's a shame on one hand, and it's also good on the other hand, because they do decimate native species um, quite a bit, um, but they're such a good fly target that, you know, you want to catch them again and again, but there's, there's literally fucking thousands of them in that lake, and it's just, um, it's just epic fishing. Well worth driving two hours, that's for sure.
3: So what's the closest fishing you have from you? Like, do you get it anywhere uh, for, within, within a half hour?
4: Oh yeah, for species wise, you want you want to talk about? It? Is that what you mean? I mean, just um, just just
3: at, just at random. I mean, you have close water oh, and yeah. you can get too close.
4: I can walk down to a lake and catch bass in, in a couple of minutes. Definitely, oh, okay. uh, no problem gotcha. at all. But um, but you know, like uh, I don't mind doing a bit of traveling to to find you know target you know hit what I want to target like carp for example or or uh, you know we got we got plenty of um, saltwater flats here. There's no saltwater flats near me. The closest saltwater flat would be two-hour drive and i'm happy to drive that for that sort of fishing i, I love skinny water saltwater water flats that's that's what i really like to do that and that or anything top water
2: so chris since you're not allowed to throw carp back yep what what do you guys do with them what's a good carp recipe do you eat them well, what, what do you do with them <laughs>
4: Uh, if, if those were, you know, there are a few carp recipes. Um, first of all, there's carp caviar that you can, uh, you can have (laughs) have by the riverbank. Yep. Yep. There's carp (laughs) sashimi. It's, uh, it's great to, uh, the best way to serve carp sashimi is to, uh, you know, obviously kill the carp, which is what we require to by law. Slice off a nice bit of the shoulder. Nice and use a nice sharp knife and go with the grain. And then sneak up behind your pal who's fishing and slam it into his mouth and, uh, watch him Reel back in disgust. The best way to serve carp sashimi. <laughs> Wasabi helps. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh,
3: that's
2: fantastic. <laughs> so,
3: but I took, I
4: took you along for the ride there. Hey, you, you understand how to serve it now, right?
2: Absolutely, I'm I'm Love totally it. in. Yeah. Uh, next carp I yep. catch. Jay, do you want to go carp fishing next weekend? <laughs> oh, I want some shi- I want to see
5: shi- <laughs> What you <the hell? laughs> so,
2: mean?
4: Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, we got to kill them all. But for a fish that gets caught once, they they're incredibly smart. They're just so smart. It's crazy. That's for sure. It's um so are it's they an all interesting lake- observation for them.
3: Are they all massive too or you actually got small ones down there?
4: Yeah, we get rats. Definitely get a few um, rat carp, but uh but in that in that particular lake for for where I caught that fish that i sent you the picture of chad they're all they're all tanks they're all big fish but we've got fish that live in creeks and rivers and stuff like that as well that again will fish yeah, you know, skinny water tailing fish but they're um that's when you'll normally get sort of i don't know two three pounders or something like that that's a, sort of a small fish you know yeah what's would, that about 12 inches or something like that no maybe no nah, a little bit bigger it'd be bigger than fish that. Or
2: something like that it'd be bigger yeah. than that it'd be probably 18 20 inches but, uh, yeah.
4: Okay. Well, a twelve-inch fish would be a, a, about as small as you'd get, but super rare. Most of them are that size that I sent you, or a little bit smaller. You know. That come, was that fish was a that fish was a uh, a fourteen-pound a fish, I believe. They, I think
2: they come out of the womb at ten kilo, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're
5: very
4: Australian, mate. That's how everyone's <laughs> big here.
5: Yeah, they're born at five pounds, right? That's what we are. Yeah
4: yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, just Nearly. Yep. It's uh, they, there, yeah, they are, and they've got teeth too.
3: so so what were you just out fishing for
4: uh recently i've been bass fishing for australian bass um uh i don't really think they they look a lot like your white bass those fish but they live in freshwater do white bass live in freshwater too yeah yeah yep
3: no no what are they doing this time of the year with kind of like your fall setting in they transitioning now
4: yeah, do white bass do that too? So they go breed in uh, salt water? Yeah.
3: No. Well, I don't know if you're if you're connected to an area that may like striped bass will yes, but like white bass that we have, they they'll yep. breed in the spring.
4: Okay, gotcha. Yep. And in Australian, yeah.
2: And we're okay. probably 300 miles from any salt water. Like our white bass aren't swimming to salt water.
4: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Yep. Fair enough you
4: know our bass the bass that i fish for in lakes um they school up they try to get to they try to get to salt water so they school up in winter to try and get to a certain parts per million of salinity to breed um but they're a fun fish they're in all the rivers they're pretty prevalent in the area that i live um they love top water they do they're very aggressive they're pretty they're pretty strong too i i don't think i mean they look very similar to white bass i've never read anywhere or seen anywhere that white bass go hard or not but they're probably they're probably pretty similar to a smallmouth as far as how strong they are and how aggressive they are. But um yeah. They're pretty cool fish.
5: You catching them in like the three, four pound range or
4: two pound range? Um hang on a minute. Let me convert that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> two
4: minutes later. Um okay, let me see.
5: Um three pounds yeah
4: three pounds Three that's a big one you know so hang on we I, I, I tend to measure them and weigh them because uh, they all get released i don't keep them let me have a look what it'd be in inches do do people
2: keep them and eat them
4: oh yeah they they taste nice i used to um my parents used to make me catch them as a chore as a kid in the rivers but i don't um yeah you know, i don't eat them now uh i just used to um Used to catch them on bait and lures and stuff as a kid, but in uh, the rivers. But I fish the lakes now. They get much bigger in the lakes, and there's a lot more. It's a much better managed fishery than the wild rivers. The wild rivers get pretty fucking hammered around here. We don't have the waterways you guys have at all. Um, it's not it's not exactly desert like a lot of people think Australia is. It's very tropical and rainforesty, but um, there's just not not a not a big labyrinth of inland rivers. They all got a coastal mountain range, and they just all these little creatures run to the sea, you know. Mainly, there's inland rivers as well, but fuck all. Um, so, 50, 55 centimeters is 21 inches. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty decent bass, you know. Yeah,
2: that, yeah, that's a good yeah. fish. That's the, uh, that's yeah. the benchmark we're trying to hit. Yep. First smallies. For 20. Yeah. Yes. 20,
4: 20, yeah. 20, inches. Yeah. Okay. We've got a fish here that's called Sooty Grunter. That would probably be a lot closer to a, um, a smallmouth bass than, than, um, than Australian bass would be. But, yeah, I don't know. I've never caught a small jaw, so and I'd really like to, but maybe one day. Maybe for the fourth show I come on, I'll do it live. Come yeah, over there.
2: Do it Heck live. Yeah. We'll, we'll put you on yeah. all the small draws.
4: Yep. So do you want my bank account to convert those funds over for the plane ticket? Yeah, Absolutely. Later, after, after the show. Yeah, convert can them to
2: American before I, before I do that.
4: Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. <laughs> sweet <laughs> sweet deal. That's this, this going to push your
3: jacket back a little further.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. Make sure it's massive. I'm pretty muscly. So it's uh that'll be good.
2: <laughs> I'll give you and me the same size jacket. You yeah. you're you're muscly yeah, and I'm dumply.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well yeah, like when I say muscly I mean like yeah, a massive six pack, you know what I mean? Like some some would call it a beer gut. But... <laughs> a keg. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, keg. <laughs>
2: uh we we've been talking about some fish and some flies and stuff. Uh your clientele mainly, is it mainly from Australia or are you shipping stuff across the oceans? What, what's your clientele mainly?
4: Um, okay. So for beast brushes, yeah, the stacks of it is going to the States a lot. And, uh, probably, probably, I reckon 30% of, of beast brushes products or the brushes particularly go to the States. Um, uh, some of the natural materials definitely do as well. Um, the majority of my sales are in Australia. Um, i I send it all over the world. I've sent send a lot to Europe, no, not a lot to Europe, some to Europe, um you yeah, South Africa, all those sort of areas. but yeah, Beast brushes is getting well received around the world, which is which is great and and a surprise too, and um yeah something I'm very, very grateful for, definitely um, but yeah it, that's that's where it goes. But with ammo flies, um you know, I, I do send I haven't sent much to the states lately, but the states is generally my my biggest customer outside of Australia um although i've sent some to um you know germany uh, switzerland recently as well uh sorry austria not switzerland and um and a couple of the uk as well but not many that's for sure but usually um guys that are traveling outside their country like uh you know hitting seychelles or something like that you know that live over there
3: and we know how much everybody loves your changers you can buy them brushes right on beast brushes and make them yourself there right
4: yeah absolutely so the the idea with the brushes for game changers was exactly that just to be able to wind them on um, and 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 you know all you need to do is trim them and the trimming aspect of it is something that I get asked a lot about uh it's a very hard thing to describe I've come to sort of describing it as a prelude to beginning to describe it to say that it's it's like trying to explain to someone how to draw it's uh It's very hard so i try to I try to explain about hydrodynamics and things like that but um yeah the brushes themselves are, are quite easy to use and um and are at that density and blend of materials that allow for buoyancy which i found i was really interested in buoyancy and synthetic materials when making those brushes or being involved with it um but yeah it's 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 all to make game changers swim essentially like how i want them to swim which i know is a uh, a bit of an eye of the beholder sort of thing to say these days with game changers
5: so um do you do you prefer uh I know the one we got. Ones we got from you, they had more of a. Uh, I don't know. It's a flat profile, and uh, do you prefer that over the cylindrical profile when you're trimming them?
4: Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so okay. So do, do you want, do You want me to? I'll go into my way of thinking. Uh, with the, how to create that action, if you like.
1: Is yeah, that, absolutely. you
4: sort of to. Yeah, okay. So. Um. Okay. So yeah, you're right. So I do carve out the sides quite a bit. So what, I, what the, the idea there is, is to create less resistance for the articulations to move side to side and uh, create more resistance for them to move up and down. Uh, but that, that alone doesn't create the action I've, uh, I've, I've, I've learned. The main thing that creates the action is, is turbulence or uh, um, turbulence that, that, that the fly creates. And in turn, that will move the tail by the way that the fly takes the path of least resistance through the water. Now, in, in, by you can measure how wide you want the tail to swing by how wide you create the head, so to speak. So when I say to people how to trim it, I, I explain to them that it's, it's difficult. But I also tell them that, you know, if you copy the shape of, say, a mullet, you know, like uh, they've got that bullet head, um, or like an, up, like an upside-down triangle-type head. That, you know, I know that mullet doesn't swim the same way as a game changer does, but it still creates that same uh energy efficient sort of uh uh shape but it also creates a lee. so getting back to what I was saying about the width of the head if you were to draw two look at top view of the fly and draw two parallel lines that were at the at the uh the the uh the width of the head if you like along the along the fly the tail will wag out to those lines if you know what i mean so that's that's the fly moving with inside the turbulence created by the head have a lost no
2: no 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 yeah. we're definitely yeah. with you so, it is like yeah, explaining so, um, how to draw. Say pardon? I said it is, it is like explaining how to draw.
4: Yeah, it's, it's. look, man, I'm, yeah, look, I, I'm, I, I've am i worked in construction most of my life. I'm not a scientist or anything like that. This is all having to learn from getting punched in the face from time game changers and they're not working, you know, it, uh, and having to sort of uh, derive a, a way that I can repeat the action time and time again for customers that are paying their hard-earned coin to buy them, you know? And it's, um, <clears throat> so that's the way that, the way that I've worked out is how the action is created. In in addition to that, you know, like uh, I was saying how some of the materials are, are buoyant. Um, they still don't float when they're tied onto shanks and they have got hooks and that sort of stuff. And, and you, you use keel weights to try and stop them from spinning around, um, uh, which I can go into in a minute. Um, but the, the more buoyant the material, um, which is why deer hair game changes swim so well, I reckon, is that. If they, they require less momentum to get that action going when when they're uh, when when they're more buoyant, if you know what I'm saying. So um, if you think of like a, a a gear fisherman's swim bait, like a an articulated hard swim bait sort of thing, you know most of those things will most of them can can sink pretty quick, but the ones that are uh, can suspend. You only need to just move them and and they'll start working because they're not using that energy to sort of start moving forward to get that tail wagging. If you know what I mean, so I find that works with the game changers as well, um, and I trim them in a, in a way that suits that as well and works with that buoyancy. Um, but like I said, you've got all that weight and the keel weight on there, and the reason I put the keel weight on there is because it's it'll spin around because you wind that brush on in a heliconial type fashion. If you don't have that that um, that keel weight on the bend of the hook, it can sort of roll to the side a little bit, and I'm uh, just trying to prevent that happening as well. Um, you also
2: told me uh do you attach a hook or like the shanks to the hook in a different way i'm i'm not gonna go into that but it really worked uh, on, yeah uh, with articulated flies
4: mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i'm just trying to think what i told her i know i know what i do it um and it, it would be the same way but yeah, yeah, yeah you sent me some
2: pictures of it
4: mm. and it uh um, it really works so what was what was the what was the difference to what you were doing
2: Oh, I I was making like an abortion with a long <laughs> like a long piece of monofilament with two beads in it and
4: oh yeah yeah oh, I don't like that, that anymore. That was tandem hooks and stuff. Yeah, so that that will prevent fouling on tandem hooks, but the game changers, you know, game changers will occasionally fail foul rather foul. Um, yeah foul. <laughs> what do you guys say foul foul? foul. foul. <laughs> uh, they'll they'll occasionally fuck up. That better <laughs> yeah, much better friend. much better yeah <laughs> but uh, they don't have the tandem hook on there i don't I don't put hooks on the rear end of it, and I know that guys do for for fish that eat, you know the rear of the fly like a trout or something like that but um but for putting a hook on the game changer for me is like putting a a, a sinker away on the end of a whip and expecting the action to work that's that's how it seems to me hmm. same with um same with those Cohen tails like i i had a I, I was going to put one on on the back of uh. Again, Shane, it just look like putting a Frisbee on the end of a whip for me. That sort of thing. It's just two different actions. But, uh, you know, so, it's, uh, yeah, look, it's, I think, I think, you know, I seem to have deja vu going over this last time on the show about um, taper in every, in every way, you know, taper of weight, taper of bulk, taper of volume, taper of density as yeah. well. Yeah. But, but it, all, it all adds up to, that, you know, creating that action. I apologize if I stand all over the place. My, I'm a little bit of a mad professor with this stuff. I know what I need to do. Trying to put it into words and explain it is, is a challenge for me. It really is. and I, So I, I apologize.
2: Well, you speak semi for a living, so you should be good at it.
4: Yeah. yeah, well, I don't get paid for the intermediate line. But, uh... is, it, is it like us? Does
2: it cost you money to do it?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does.
2: <laughs> what
4: the hell? Yeah. yeah, you're right. It does.
2: We do this for God, the love, love of the it. fans.
4: Yeah, man. Do it for the fans. Hey, I'm pretty sure that you described your listeners as a bunch of armless waiters who don't bring anything to the table. And I would never talk about our listeners like that. And I was quite taken aback by that. So anyone who's listening to this show, jump over to the intermediate line where we treat you with respect. You see? Hey, what is it? A... <laughs> that wasn't cool. <laughs> Not cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, wait, hold on. A mic. This, no, this is coming
2: this is coming from the dude that uh that plugged your your podcast on our two hundredth show.
4: <laughs> I felt it was the I felt it was an appropriate thing to do, you know. I it, it was after, after 200, if after two hundred episodes those people don't get it, they need to push in the right direction, you know? <laughs> no. No that that I I know we weren't talking about the show, but while we are talking about it. Mate, I, I can't thank you guys enough for a, a massive influence for us. You know, it's uh everything we do was was originally well, still is modeled off SVS. You know, and it's um and and the advice that you guys gave us to get it off the ground would would not it wouldn't have happened without without you guys at all at all. So, you know, can't thank you guys enough for that sort of stuff. That's for sure.
2: Well, well, thank you very much. Um, hey, one more thing that uh you guys kind of went through something that we're go or we have been through um mm. one of your one of your guests left the show
4: a uh, host you mean yeah
2: yeah um are you going to replace him what what's going on i mean we've been nah. through, we've been through some iterations of people on this show
4: yep
2: one of his yeah. co-hosts
4: Look, i think
2: it's... yeah you said guests yeah. oh yeah co-hosts i mean i'm sorry
4: yeah yep yeah. yeah that that was andy uh and and ironically andy was the guy who floated the idea originally you know he loves your show and um and uh, and he listened to it a lot, and he said, um, "If those guys can do it, we can do it." And I said, uh, <laughs> "I caught what you did there, Chris. You set this bar very high." <laughs> and, I, and I said, "I'm not sure if I can get that drunk, but I'll give it a go." But, uh, <laughs> You're right, you can't. <laughs> We are, we are professionals. <laughs> it's only Pab's Blue Ribbon, I hear. So uh, I hear you guys are lightweights at the end of the day. But, uh, no, it's, um, it's uh, Andy. <laughs> so the, the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm being very insulting here. And I, I, I must say, it's, it, it's, it's, all, it's all insulting with love, you know, the we, end of the day.
3: We, we prefer Foster's
2: yeah, yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> are you weirdos we know no one in australia prefers fosters at all i don't think even get sold here i've never seen fosters in the shops
2: is <laughs> that the best export from from australia
4: oh man it's camel piss that's shit it's
2: terrible
5: what what do they drink in uh do you guys drink uh miller high life as well in australia
4: no i don't think we have any any u.s beer here um um the only international beers we have well we have a stack of international beers. That'd be lying to say there's only one or two, but popular international beers would be like Heineken and you know, Corona, bad word right now. But uh um that's about it. But yeah, we have we have lo- local beers that uh that go really well.
2: So do you have to wear a mask when you drink the Coronas?
4: <laughs> no. Oh man. You it's, I guess it could be a rabbit hole of racism here right now, couldn't it really? You know? <laughs>
2: It could be, I don't even think it's racism It's just like, it's virusism. Yeah, yeah
4: <laughs> I kissed myself laughing When I heard that someone in, in the office Over there, in, in the White House Called the Kung Flu I was just <laughs> in hysterics I
2: was
4: like, that's fucking hilarious <laughs>
2: That's a good play on words <laughs> Yeah uh,
4: It's it very clever
2: So, uh, getting back to Bolchi uh, Yep, Bolchi you, do you go see him on his uh, at his night job?
4: It's not <laughs> as a yeah. dancer. No, I did, don't. I don't. I don't frequent those sort of clubs. But did you allude that he was a hog swinger? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's uh he's a male stripper. That's what he does for a living. But uh, yeah. it, and it just sort of started to clash recording the show at night. Um, yeah. Um, they call so his nickname on the thing from is. Australia
5: listens to us. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's like a, yeah, they, they, his nickname on on the stage is Big Dog Bulchy, and uh, his,
3: his favorite's I, Jay.
4: Awesome,
5: <laughs> must be the nose. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah so no, he he, it just got too much, man. Like it's we got hammered over here with with um COVID nineteen and lost a lot of people lost jobs, and and Andy was one of them. And um, you know, the pressure of the show, the pressure of you know, trying. He's got three kids and a family, and it's just just got too much man and it's um yeah you know, the show is becoming a, a more of a labor than uh than than a labor of love i guess for him i guess you could say um but for me and me and volte um we're happy to keep it going we're not we're not we don't have any plans to replace him yet but we are planning on we've got this idea of excuse me introducing guest hosts and we've got one coming up this week uh for the first time um yeah, you know, we're we're just trying to interact with more people, I guess, and uh, you know, it, giving people, you know, getting people to introduce the show that we don't know, and yeah, it's just just yeah, instead of trying to keep it to ourselves and um and get a new host, we thought we would just open it up to everyone and you know, encourage as much participation as possible.
2: And when you guys do that, you're not sitting around the table like we are, right? You guys are doing it from great distances apart.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it through Skype.
3: Yeah. and you guys have a stack of good guests on now too it's
4: yeah well it's uh you know australians are pretty thirsty for australian content in that respect that's for sure it's uh um you know we we get uh i've heard you guys talk about steelhead so you guys probably won't be offended by this but we get people say to us thank fuck we're so sick of hearing about steelhead you know that's uh listening to like american podcasts but Everyone loves American podcasts, but they can't relate to the species sometimes. You know, it's uh, the content, uh, the technical content, the fly tying. It it transcends borders well and truly. But the species, once like, you know, there's a lot of people that know a lot about musky and uh, and largemouth and stuff like that here. And and everyone knows about Atlantic tarpon over here. So most of the uh, content that we have of fishing meter is is from the US. And that um uh, so I think it it was a good time to produce an Australian um fly fishing show uh, that can yeah, also also talk to people from overseas, as we've done, but you know, highlight some of the people that aren't so much on social media these days and you know, drag up a bit of the history of Australian fly fishing. Uh, let's sort of carry on. So we're trying to create a, a textured, well-rounded show, which means sometimes we have to talk about trout.
2: And speaking of that, Chris, uh, the best interview that I've heard on the Intermediate Angler has been the Harry mm. Spear interview.
4: Oh, that was so, cool, eh? Yeah, great, great job. Good,
2: good job, Chris. Yeah. We did nothing and <laughs> it was the best one. It was <laughs> it might not have been the best one, but it was really good.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's uh Harry Spears is a legend, dude. Like he's uh he flies way under the radar for his contribution to the sport. But his uh his ability to tell that story was was, was awesome and there was no need to carve it up. You know, it, it might seem clunky to people to have two interviews back to back there, but the intention was to edit it up and try and make it all sound like it's all yeah sequences seamlessly. But I just went, I just spoke to Dave who, who gave us the interview and I said, Oh man, look, let's not try and, you know, offer smoke and mirrors to people. People aren't idiots. Let's just put the two back to back and just let it roll organically. And, it, and I thought it was a better show in that respect. That's for sure. But yeah, man, thanks. Eh? It was, uh, it was good. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. It flowed really smoothly. And, uh, if anyone hasn't listened to it, I would definitely suggest that. And, uh, Let's go another American, Pat Cohen. That was a great show as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. That was a cool show. <laughs> that, was, that was a cool show. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if you enjoyed me calling my co-host the uh, the originator of the Fugly Packer. But, uh, yes, I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he appreciated it as much as no, we did. <laughs> I, I don't think Pat saw, it, saw the funny side of it somehow. He's uh, <laughs> got, got a lot on his mind, that man you know. But, uh, yeah he just yeah, that was a cool book. That, he, that he what's that i said yeah he just released a book he's got a lot a of water fly tie fly tie tool designer writer producer he does a lot man
2: yeah he's a podcast ge- or podcast guest multiple times
4: on multiple shows that's the impressive thing with pat he puts himself out there he's really accessible to just about everyone you know and um I don't know, man. If that dude even sleeps, the stuff that he puts out and does, like writing a book, the amount of flies he does, the shows that he does, it's crazy. He's a very busy
3: dude. stop to do that.
4: Yeah. Do you? Yeah, no, it was a good show.
2: Do you do any videos, Chris, for your fly time?
4: Yeah, I did one. I only I I get asked for them a lot. Um, so I did one for a bass fly over here. The bass fly, it's essentially a gotcha. There's nothing special in it for um for anyone else who doesn't fish for bass. <clears throat> but I do intend to do more and more. I'm actually um, – yeah, this will be a bit of a scoop for you guys. I'm actually looking at bailing on, on ammo flies for custom orders as soon as I've finished what I've got on. I've got a couple of months of paid orders in front of me right now, and it's just um, it's pretty hectic. So I, I can't sustain it. So once I ca- um, cut that, um, I'll do more videos for sure, including a game-changer video, which everyone's been asking me for.
5: So when are you gonna come out with, you know, your your when are you gonna write your first book? Is that coming out um, soon too?
4: <laughs> if you can compile a bunch of napkins together, I've probably already got one. But uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, no, I, yeah, that's not gonna happen. I, I, um, I have I'm a title re- for it. I'm merely imitating the greats. That's all.
2: I have a title for it. If you uh, if you wanna make a book, <laughs> shoot, hear this. What Mul- is it? Multitasking the fly fishing empire. <laughs> by chris adams
4: <laughs> multitasking the uh fly fishing empire and how to make zilch how to by make chris adams
2: no money by tying flies. Yeah, yeah. by chris adams <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: and then you know i could have an uh, an annexure at the rear of the book on how to uh pay to do a podcast as well <laughs> here's how to burn what little
2: money you made <laughs> why i still need to swing a hammer by Chris Adams. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, fucked up. Yeah, at least I don't have to go back to to trade work. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Go back that, to construction.
2: That shit'll ruin you.
4: Yeah, kind of did, but uh, it's all good.
2: So you're
3: gonna have what staple patterns up on Beast Brushes and kind of just roll from there then? Is that the game? Yeah, plan? the
4: intention is to just yeah. You're right. Stock the website. The custom orders. I just don't get any time to go fishing. You know, so it's um. That's, the bi- that's really the big problem. It's just uh, time to go fishing. I've been fishing like three times this year, and it's shit house for that. You know, The idea of becoming a full-time fly tire was to enable more time to go fishing, and it just hasn't worked out.
2: Well, you're just too fucking good at your job.
4: Everyone, you know what, man? That, that, the mo- it's, I understand people's sentiments when they say this, but uh, um, the, one of the most frustrating things you hear when you're busy is, well, it's a good problem to have. It's a fuck problem to have. So much pressure.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah. it could be worse, Not man. Not a fun problem at all. You know? You could be selling no flies or selling 50 dozen clousers.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'd be rich if I sold 50 dozen clousers. That's for sure. You know? <laughs> It's good money in clousers. Is there? I, I, was yeah. at,
2: I was at a local fly shop the other day and he told me they sell boatloads of mop flies. He said... The money is in the mop. Every trout weenie around here wants the mop. <laughs> He's like, I sit down, I tie three dozen mop flies a day, and we sell them all by the end of the week. I'm
4: like, oh, man, who's, who's responsible for that, man? I do Who's know. responsible for mop flies? Whoa, whoa,
5: whoa! You gotta have a couple mops, man. <laughs> Ones on the what? What are, what are they? The 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 bent the bent shank with the the slotted bead. You gotta
4: have a bunch of those,
5: right? And then you <laughs> know oh, we don't all have a bunch of those.
4: Oh, I have uh, a my my, I have a metric. my entrepreneur mind is ticking right now. I think it mops down under. I, I mops down. Do there you go. I have a metric
2: shit ton of mop flies, but I I solely for carp fishing. Can you uh, can you yeah. uh,
5: do Can you uh, calculate a metric shit ton? How much is that? No, it's metric. It's a metric oh, shit oh, ton. It's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got it. Yep. It's already six, an Australian. Six thousand, six thousand kilos. Yeah, so that is metric it's already shit, converted. Shit ton.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Huh, what it's, is it in pounds? It's a shit ton, but it's metric. My <laughs> moment
4: there, Jay. Here we go. 1,300... Uh, 13,227 pounds. There, there we go. That's American shit ton. That's really yeah, it's American shit ton. Right on there. Right on the 13,000 mark.
2: So, uh, recently, you put out a new dubbing that uh, you said yeah. seems to be selling like... Wildfire, sorry. Yeah. sorry <laughs> th- to to bring that pun up.
4: <laughs> it's okay. Uh, there's no fires near my joint. At, um, but uh, um, yeah, they they got they got pounded over the weekend. Uh, Forty eight hours sold like 150 packets of dubbing. But uh, um, that all just came about from scrappy shit from tying brushes. You know, making brushes, just trimming it and little bits of pieces, and then just started to muck around it and just started to refine it even more, and um, and then just started to uh, on purpose make a dubbing and um yeah just made a heap of it put it up for sale and she went it was good um gotta make more now
2: from what it looked like could it be- best be described as like a like the cohen carp dub
4: uh it's coarser than that it's coarser sure yeah um it's got i don't actually have any pat's carp dub here but um but it's got no i've got no flash in it or anything like that it's um um there's, there's natural sheen, in the, like it's got a, a micro sort of nylon fibre in it um, and obviously the rubber legs, and that's kind of all it is. It's just blending two colours of nylon with uh, two, two rubber legs and you've got that natural sheen off the nylon that I like. I, for saltwater flats, which is what I really had in mind when making that stuff, I don't really like any, any UV flash or, or pearl sort of flash in the, in the fly. I just figure that something that's living in gin clear water in a foot of water isn't going to be naturally having much flash on it because it, it wouldn't live for very long, you know. So these fish are pretty attuned to, um, you know, something that's trying to conceal itself in, um, in pretty clear water. So the flash is something I try to eliminate for that scenario.
5: So have you got, um, since you've sold it quite a bit, have you got any feedback on what people are using it for?
4: Oh, it hasn't even been posted out yet. Like <laughs> oh, I posted oh, okay. It up, yeah, I, I posted it up on Friday. I, I post it up on the website on Friday. It's Monday morning here now, and I've got to drop it at the post office after this show. It, um, and, that's, that's, that, and I'm sure I'll get feedback from it, but it's pretty. It's pretty nice to use. It's 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 coarse. It's fair enough to say, but I like it like that because it doesn't enable you to put too much in your dubbing loop. That's how I use it. I just put it in a dubbing loop. I don't split the um, thread. Just make a loop with a tool and whack it in there. And being so coarse, you can't really, you know, in some fine, really fine dubbing's um, that are great, but they bind up and they create too much of a body and uh, I like it sparse and and moving, and just having all those rubber legs and, and such move around and all that sheen level come off the nylon if it 's all free to move really well, it just throws off more light you
3: know. and that's what you used on that shrimp pattern
4: yeah that that blue one yeah, oh, yeah. that's um nice yeah, so that's uh, that's two new products with that that's um uh, like the like the the e p sort of um alternative product that a got called BB stand for Beast brushes um, just blending the colours with that same as what we do with the um, Yowie blends and stuff like that which is a, a different material again um, yeah and so you know it's all that sort of stuff I, I, like, I don't mind doing that sort of stuff um, uh, it's quite interesting I, I, I get into it I don't mind making materials but I just like to make the materials not for aesthetics just to have a purpose you know so it's, um, it's good to see that that dubbing got received really well It was good
2: uh, those little rubber legs. I I never knew what that stuff was until Bolchi put up a a carp fly and he called out that product.
4: And I Oh, that's um he uses uh Senyo's shaggy dub. Yeah um, that, that's yeah, the, this stuff's fine and that I, stuff. I've been use
2: I've been using that shaggy dub in everything yeah. now. I love it.
4: Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. It's uh, it's good shit, that stuff. The stuff that I've got in that dubbing is finer. Okay, um, the the, shag, the shaggy dub is a little bit longer fiber plus it's it's hard to tease out that stuff i reckon um it gets trapped it gets trapped easier um so yeah yeah i got i got I some finer stuff that um uh, that i use for that so you get but, some uh, better stuff i didn't want to say it but seeing you use those words let's call it better stuff
2: okay yeah i'll be the uh yep. the icebreaker <laughs> yeah.
4: we're all thinking it let's face
2: it yeah man hey yeah this is a safe space you can say what as you wish
4: all right,
5: we're in the safe zone. I've got some things I need to say,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if that if that's finer than the the shaggy dub, I might need to order from across the pond. God,
4: <laughs> yeah, I have got the stuff that I use. I have got for sale. I got, call it bug stretch. Um, uh, it's on the website there. But uh, it's, uh look, it's probably not. A, it's not a good time to buy from the states from us at the moment. The, the the postage is just fucking ridiculous. Taking so long to get from from here because. I think because there's no uh, commercial flights coming in or out from Australia to the U.S. Uh, and I think that they, um, they, they used to put the postage in the bottom of the plane. Pretty technical way to talk about it, but you know what I
2: mean. So
4: are you having issues getting
2: product in and out of Australia?
4: Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, I've got, I've got products that I bought. I get some of my stuff from Hairline. And for example, I bought off Hairline in March. Uh, yeah, March, like uh, about twentieth of March, still sitting in San Francisco right now. No, with no, no idea when it's going to move.
3: Wow, that's unreal. You're coming up,
4: to, coming up to, yeah. Look, it'll be yeah, what, two, two and a half months before it's moved. And normally that stuff takes ten days.
3: It locks you up from doing anything moving forward, with it. yeah.
4: It's hard. Yeah, I, I've had to courier some stuff in, which you know I pay through the nose for, but. It's either that or, or, or just fold up and die. Really, at the end of the day.
5: So, with, you know, with that slowing down, I mean, you said you haven't had much time to fish, is it? <clears throat> Do you feel like that's going to provide a little more time to fish for you? Nah, I nah. thought it
4: would. I really did, but it's yeah, like um, I'm a, my ammo flies. The orders are just, I, I they're just. I, I don't know. I didn't expect people to have money through the through this through the pandemic thing with jobs shutting and all that sort of stuff. But it's been incredibly busy. People are just turning it up. Um, yeah. I mean, to those Australians or anyone who's been inquiring from me who's listening, you know, like, uh, yeah, blanket apology. Like, it's, it, I hate letting people down and saying I can't do it, but I'm, all I'm doing is referring to other fly tires and just saying, like, I can't do it, man. I've, you know, two months, possibly even three months lead time. It's just not fair to take your money right now. So,
2: uh, when you do uh, start putting just, Basic patterns on beast brushes and like kind mm-hmm. of get away from ammo flies, or you'll be putting a bird on as one of
4: your basic? Nah, I won't do that. I mean, that's that's Pat's pattern, man. It's um, you know, that's um, oh look,
3: changes yeah, will mean, be there, right?
4: Yeah, changes. I'll put changes up for sure. What, what's um, the
3: biggest size you do then, man?
4: Uh, for fishing, or the, yeah, well, that's still fair enough, I suppose. Um, yeah, foot long, foot long, guys,
3: for fishing. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, well, is, there's well, it depends. Are you, are you, if I'm looking at it as I'm an Instagram fly tire, or I'm actually a fly tire that fishes. There's two different things these days. Isn't How there? about
3: w- with the wrap material, not like a bucktail one, with the actual wrapped and trim? What's the largest you go up to?
4: Yeah, yeah, twelve inches. Okay. Yep, that's um, that's with the product we call Yowie. Um, uh It's just a it's just a coarser material, just enables it to um, to produce more body, um, slightly stiffer than the next. You know, 240 volt brush. Um, so yeah, just just yeah. So it's all all those brushes just got swimming in mind. But uh, it
3: the 240 yeah. volt brush for
4: uh for game changers that range between five to seven inches.
3: Okay, gotcha,
4: gotcha. And then yeah yeah you know, will go from eight to twelve. You could go to fourteen if you want, but you know, let's face it. Do you really need a fourteen inch game changer? Ooh, that'd be really yeah. fun to cast.
5: You say
3: <laughs> what? Forty-eight so, inch?
5: Fourteen. Oh,
3: 14.
5: fourteen. Yeah. Oh no, they suck. Yep. Chad tried it a few times. No, they they suck. Mm-hmm. Not fun to cast. Yeah. Yes. No, oh, it's... they shed water. Fucking shed water, my ass. They're still heavy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, they certainly do. Last time we spoke, Jase, you were you were coming along with your casting. These guys were um, <laughs> were India. <laughs> hey, uh, hey. Oh, it's oh. on You're
5: point. Behind, yeah. uh, uh, casting's on point nowadays. I you, don't. Yeah. You weren't here earlier. Right? Eyes closed. I,
3: I stuck one in my back today.
5: Oh, no shit. Yeah. Uh, the wind will help you do that. Oh,
4: yeah. You gonna fish bobblers for that reason? No,
5: Hell fuck no. no. Absolutely Cut that not. shit out your arm so you don't fuck up the barb. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah,
5: it's
3: like Chad's,
4: yeah, like, like Chad's pulling North on it, I was South like, Australian. that's not a knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if like, you have that, to, cut push Cut that hook it out through. so you don't ruin the barb, mate.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's what I'm going to say next time
2: that's yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> perfect Chris I've been hanging double hooks off game or, uh, my deer hair game changer Buford abortions lately <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just because I want more barbs
4: yeah yeah well more more to dig out you know that's right yeah so do you when yeah. you send
5: flies to people do you send them barbless or do you
4: no, nah, I, I, nah, I don't crush them on the vice I crush my own barbs on the vice because if I don't I'll forget but um, uh, but no, I always send them out with the barbs on. And you, you know, prefer so
2: you prefer to fish barbless?
4: Yeah, I don't really have an issue with it too much as far as keeping the hooks in fish. I think um, I think it's just a matter of uh, managing slack line. Um, you know, like I guess I don't know if this will cover as it, the right thing to say. I guess, but um, you know, I I learnt fly fishing in saltwater. I'd never, you know, I I caught you know saltwater fish like tuna and stuff like that as some of my first fish I ever caught on fly, um, those sort of fish you can't really give slack line. You've got to really use low rod angles and things like that. So that's sort of ingrained into me keeping tension on, on fish, um, getting them in really fast. I think that when people lose fish from barbless hooks, it's cause you give them slack line to a degree. Um, even fish that jump, we've got species over here uh, like Saratoga or Barramundi um, and that will jump a lot and give pretty brutal head shakes. Like a Barramundi will will jump and head shake like, a, like an Atlantic tarpon, you know. And, um, and, you know, occasionally they might throw hooks, but I think the majority – I see more hooks get thrown with barbs than that without barbs, and I think the reason for that is is that they don't penetrate with barbs as easily as a, as a hook without barbs. I'm not doing it for the fish's sake or to release it well. I'm doing it because I want that hook point to penetrate better. That extra diameter of the barb uh, I struggle with um, as far as hook setting goes.
5: I found that with uh, the brook trout fishing I'd, I've taken up, where I think barbless helps you get the whole hook through, and it doesn't, you have to fight through the barb, and you can get them in instead of them popping off.
4: Mm. Yeah, there's been plenty of times I've had to remove remove barbless hooks with pliers. They don't they don't always pop out really easy. Um, a yeah, fly line is a much easier way to keep barbless hooks in a fish than it would be with gear. Uh, that's for sure. You just got that that parachute of the fly line in the water too. It just keeps keep can keep the uh, um, yeah, if a fish changes direction, it can keep the pressure on the hook quite easily, as well.
2: And to Jay's point about the brook trout, when you set yeah. the hook, they fly out of the river, anyways. <laughs> yeah, so you, all you do is you, you set the hook, they fly out of the river. You go chase them and you take a picture of them on shore, and then you put them back. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they are very small, but it, it's to the point. It's the, the it's the
5: they're very small fish. I don't know if you know what a small, you know, native you t- brook trout is. They're only eight inches long or six inches long, if that. That's even. a big one. Yeah, they're, if that. would be 12 centimeters. Yeah, if
4: that even. So, you know. Yeah, okay. But you, you know, give them that old what we call the mad dog hook set over here. Even just rip
5: with the well, <laughs> small hook set, so you're not ripping them out of the water. You know, little. You know, barbless I think helps a little better, and it better for yeah. them, the little fish. But
4: I don't know. Yeah.
5: And thinking no, more think about it.
4: Yeah, look, I think farless. Look, it's not for every, not for every scenario, that's for sure. But for most of my flight fishing, it definitely works. Some of those fish, like that species I mentioned a few moments ago, Saratoga. Uh, you know, their their Latin name, whatever that is, means bony tongue fish. You know, and, and you've, like there's actually a picture on my a few years down on my Instagram of a skull of a Saratoga, and you just see it's, it's all bone. It reminded me of a um a bowfin. Bowfin, what do you call them? Bowfin. Bowfin. Yeah. Bow yeah. 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 They remind me of those a lot. They're quite a prehistoric-looking fish. Now, there's no, there's absolutely no, there's most circumstances, there's, there's no way you're going to get that hook point into bone. So you're relying on it just getting into the skin over the top of the bone. Uh, you know, if you um, if you chuck that barb in and it starts to throw it, potentially, I mean, I've never been in a fish's mouth while the hook gets set, but potentially, it's not going to push in over the. The, the diameter of the barb also the barb is going to create can create even a bigger hole when it's not much flesh to get into not much flesh to find any hook purchase in. you know what i'm saying so that's that's the way i'm thinking with that but i, I do it with all of, you know barbless is the way to go plus i've dug hooks out of my back and arms and legs and stuff and it's not cool i don't really like doing it, it kind of sucks really you you just cut
3: a big hole around your skin you didn't push it through and bend the barb right
4: yeah no it's uh oh well, i've had them before that have been so deep like a like on a surf candy and there's no way to do that you know that trick where you can put a bit of monofilament around the around the bend and and push the hook eye down and pull it out yeah the, seen mo- that?
2: the mono loop
4: yeah yeah so i've had them that deep where you just can't do that there's nothing to push down you know it's um i've had them i've had i had one through my um my ring finger where I got my wedding ring on and it went up behind my fingernail. I had to go to the mm. hospital to get that one cut out as well. Um, and the, the nerve where they numb your finger is right where the wedding ring is. And I couldn't take that off because of the hook. So, um, I had to do that without anesthetic. That was pretty Australian. Ooh. It was good. Just, just scald a can of Foster's and fucking got into it. eh? <laughs>
2: Cracking some pins, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But that was, mm. that was, yeah, they had to they had to go pretty deep with that one. Um, yeah, I had to. Yeah, so you know that all aside, I, I just I still think that Barbus is better for fishing, um, and and it's not for the fish's you know, welfare at all. It's just for the, the, the hook set.
5: When I'm cutting the hooks out, I always think of that movie. Uh, what is it, Twenty One Days or whatever, where that guy was trapped down. He was a rock climber and he fell down in that pit and he had to cut his arm off with a like a uh, dull what knife. Oh, That bad dog.
2: With a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, with a dull Swiss Army yeah.
5: knife. Like I always think about that. So it's like it's not that bad. It'll be yeah. all right. Yeah, it's yeah. not Harden that up, bad.
2: Princess. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. That buck up. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't have wanted that fish yeah. to
5: get off if it was the one. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nah, man. I just, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. Well, I, I, yeah, you're right. When you put it in perspective, like old mate, he was trapped between those rocks. Digging a hook out of your finger is not that big a deal, really. At the end of the day.
2: Oh man, I, uh, you just described that hook being in your ring finger. It gave me the willies. Chad almost passed out. Yeah, yeah what? I, I don't do good with people blood. That gave me the yeah. they give me the willies. Just think of it
4: as hydraulic fluid for humans. You'd be right. Yeah, I'll be fine man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: and that monofilament thing, that doesn't that doesn't work. Chad and I tried that when there was a hook in the back of my head.
2: Yeah, we were also eight, like sixteen and didn't know actually how to do it. And that was a treble. <laughs>
5: Yeah, we're pulling trebles. He was <laughs> trying to rip it out of the back of my head with monofilament. Oh, I'm like, dude, stop, stop! All right, we're going trying. to the hospital.
2: <laughs> we're going to the hospital. <laughs> I was on the side of. A, hey, you were talking about steelhead earlier. We were on the side of a, a Great Lakes steelhead creek. Oh yeah. And I, I had his like scalp, away from his skull, probably an inch and a half, pulling this treble hook. <laughs> it was. It wasn't given, bro.
4: And that's when we had yeah, to. Yeah, I, I think. Sorry, you right?
5: Oh, that's it. That's when we had to leave.
4: Yeah. I, I think any time the word trying comes into it uh, for hook removal, it's, it sounds like it's going to hurt.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we definitely medicated for that. How, how many times did you, did you try? Uh, no. Like three times. There were some old guys walking up and down the banks. They'd stop and look and laugh. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd, say, I'd
5: say there was at least an hour worth of trying and an hour ride home and about a 15-minute stop at Jace's house to get pictures because we still had Polaroids. just before we had phones. Good time. We, oh, we didn't do a photo shoot. This, this is why I wear a hood all the time when I fish mark. I learned yeah, my lesson about 18 years old, or 16
2: years old.
4: Yeah, look, if you're going to fish barbs, definitely wear armor, that's for sure.
2: So, hey, Chris, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you, you want to? Are we, are we wrapping up? No, no, I just want to know. I, I want you to, oh. you're the podcast host, bro. <laughs> you're supposed to be leading us.
4: Oh. Oh, well, I thought I'd just have the day off, you know, like you guys are, what, well, how many episodes are you guys in now? 278 or something? Uh, it's probably like
2: 217, 218, somewhere around
4: there killers man we're only up to episode 48 i think it is now wow so we're only babies but still man that's nearly a year that's almost a year year. yeah yeah are you guys gonna have
2: a year-end party uh
4: no no we we prefer to party all year round
2: hell yes (laughs) we call that tuesday
4: yeah (laughs) 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 that's it now we've got we've got a uh, we've got a pretty cool guest on isn't it um He's been pretty involved in in the states actually as an australian a guy called rod harrison for our 50th episode um uh, yeah, he was on the t he was on the he was originally on the sage um advisory staff then he's on the tfo very good friends with with um lefty um yeah was good friends with lefty crash i should say very good friends with all those dudes on the tfo dude bob Clouser and that um but yeah harrow as he's affectionately known has um put out a lot of fly fishing media you should go if you can find it it's great um a lot of black bass on fire in the early days, like, uh, in the eighties and stuff like that. Like when it was just a brutal place to go, you know, really in the, the day, in New Guinea, very, um, you know, places that they just hadn't seen civilization or, um, hadn't seen any Europeans or anything like that. And he's there catching these, have you guys seen black bass, see what they look like?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, all I've seen is, uh, what geo bass has done with them.
4: Uh, those guys butcher that. I, I don't mind. No, and, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's sad to say, I mean, there's, um, yeah, that's, the way those guys dramatized that fishing, like blowing up hundred-pound leaders and stuff like that, and trout setting every single bass—you know—it was just a, <laughs> it's just such a shame to see. <laughs> they, they seem like really nice dudes and very enthusiastic, but um, it just kind of felt like they were trying to trick us by watching that, you know. So, it's, uh, but what
2: is, is there? Is there better media about the black bass that we could go watch?
4: Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the guys we had on our show actually, uh, Luke, Luke Rister, his name is from rock expeditions has got a, um, has got a, uh, a video up on YouTube called, uh, black I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and it's very cool. It's only a short little, little short film, uh, features some ammo flies in there. Um, but it's, uh, he's catching black bass on fly and it's, man, they're, they're brutal. Those things, dude, they're, they're probably a lot of people who fish for them would call them pound for pound the, the hardest fighting fish in the water. Not fast like a bonefish or a, a tarpon. You're talking about uh, a Lute Janet, which, what would you guys call them? Snapper over there, you know? But, like, that would be, let me get my conversion table out. Hang on. Wait, what
2: do you call snapper?
4: Jack, uh, Mangrove Jack, we call them here. But you guys call Jack like a Trevally, like a Jack Crevalle. Yeah. Um, um, we call them Turrum over here, those, those Jack Crevalle with a yellow tail. Yeah. Um, Kind of. They're, they're very similar speed. They're not GTs, but um, uh, let me just see how big these bass are. Imagine like... <laughs> like a... Like a... <laughs> this is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> they are doing, doing good with this, guys. It's not taking that long. <laughs> they fight like, a,
5: like crazy. <laughs>
4: nah.
5: Those guys are using some crazy uh, um, sinking lines, too.
4: Some of yeah. the videos yeah, I've seen. All those... Those flies that I tied for Luke, that he's catching them on, he requested them in, in grams, which I I would convert for you guys, but we'll just for the sake of the conversation we'll just let people's imaginations drift. No,
2: we we know um, but,
4: we know grams. We're, we're <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, just just <laughs> saying. Yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead yeah. with the grams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, he, he was requesting them in like, you know, uh, Whistlers in 8, 10, and twelve grams. You know, so some of those flies, I was putting ball sinkers on on like an Avalon avalon crab loop you know what i mean you know that loop they talk about you seen that
2: no what's that
4: so an avalon crab is just like a like a, a Merkin-ish type crab fly that's got like a mono loop with tungsten and glass beads underneath it that create sound but it also kills the fly so i couldn't put any more weight like with, with putting extra large dumbbell eyes on it and lead wraps i could still only achieve like seven grams for the fly so I had to put like double O size ball sinkers in a mono loop underneath it. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Kind of, kind of like uh, the belly scratcher minnow that fly fish food makes.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So like that, but uh, no tungsten or glass, just just dirty lead ball sinkers, you know? Hell Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Getting it done. And uh, so on that video, yeah, he's, they're fishing fasting lines with that as well, and they're just jigging this thing. And, yeah, so some of those fish, you know, they're, they're, they're 31 inches um, and around 60 pound. And, uh, and if you ima- imagine like a large mangrove snapper, I think you guys are calling, what we call a mangrove jack over here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a lejanet. That's the type of fish that they are. They're just, they're just weapons, just, just brutal fucking animals. And, and, uh, yeah, so the video is pretty
2: cool. All right, you were just talking about keeling that big, heavy-ass fucking crab. Uh,
4: uh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, on your podcast the other day, you are talking about keeling a floating crab, so it still floats hook, hook point up?
4: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But,
2: but you didn't go into how you did that.
4: Okay, so, uh... Um, the product that I was using for the components of that is, is called um, is a brand called Streamart. a dude from spain uh, i 'm the Australian agent for that. Um, I believe that he 's working on stuff in the States for people to sell over there but uh, with that it 's two components that you essentially sandwich over a uh, hook i don 't know if you guys but I hear people refer to tying crab flies as more of crafting than fly tying and that 's kind of what it is, but what I wanted to do was create um, a fly that I could fish around docks. Um, we call them jetties over here, but you know docks for a species called brim, which look very similar to a sheephead, Sheep's head. They call it. They, they, is that them? Yep. Is that mm-hmm. right? The right word. Yep. Yeah, she- you're, yeah?
2: you're you're totally yep. Americanizing it, man. Y- yeah, man. <laughs> you're fitting the stereotypes.
4: I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Let me roll.
2: Don't hold me back. It's, uh... <laughs> hey, this is this is our virtual pat on the butt
4: for you. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It felt good too. Uh, Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to basically have a fly that would uh, be snag resistant by being hook point up um, and also sink slowly at the same rate as like an intermediate line. So, you know, Um, so to do that, it's pretty hard to have a hook point up and not want it to flip over and have it sink slowly as well. So it's just a matter of just getting that balance perfect, really, at the end of the day. Um, So you do that with, with the balance of weight, but also... By the way you position the legs, uh, to uh, you know, so how do I describe this? So if you were to push a cup, or, or a cup through water, like n- cup with no air in it, so it's full of water, and try and push it open end first, it's gonna want to flip over, right? Does that make sense?
3: Mhm. Yep. Yeah.
4: So if you same with um, you know, cl- uh, claws and legs on a crab, if they're pointing down, they're gonna want to flip over because of that path of le- taking that path of least resistance through the water. So it was just a matter of weight distribution and, um, and positioning the legs so they didn't work and having a glass of water on the tying bench and just chucking in there. Um, did it work, not pull it out, do it again and just keep making it happen before fucking it up on the water.
5: So how many, how many, how many crabs do you typically throw into a, uh, glass of water before you get it right?
4: <laughs> so it's the one, the one fly, I just keep drawing it off and yelling at it, you know, that, um, uh, <laughs> that, uh. I don't know it took me about five or six goes to get that right. Not too bad. There you it, go. Yeah. So you know, like even even the resin you put on it, like it affects it. Everything just affects it. Everything you do, like it's just it's got a. If it's too heavy to one side, it'll flip over. If it's um if it's too much weight towards the eye of the hook, it'll sink vertically. Um, I don't want any of that to happen. I want it to sort of sink waft down like a crab that fell off a dock you know and that, that's uh, and it worked so is that one yeah.
3: of them flies that like once you dial it in you can just roll with them or is it always take full attention on it
4: oh no i think once they're that consistent the product that once you um get a formula going that works you can repeat it every time that's good yeah yeah, yeah it's that, not it yeah. is Sorry.
3: that what's kind of like your go-to i mean you said you've, you you'd love fishing that's that type of you know shallow flats is that, oh, kind of, is that your go-to fly now?
4: Uh, it it will be for a crab fly for flats, but that scenario is still quite deep water. It's um Those docks are sort of, you know, they're birthing large, large sort of boats in, I don't know, 10, 12 foot of water. So, but these these fish will just sort of crawl around the uh the docks. I got
3: <laughs> Do you like you. that conversion? Yeah. Is that what, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: yep. Killed
3: it, it. And this is what, brackish water or that's salt water? That's it's right. all
4: salt water, salt. yeah. Yep. Yeah, we we get some freshwater crabs in Australia, but not enough to tie a freshwater crab fly or anything like that. Carp would probably eat them.
5: <laughs> oh, I'm sure carp would eat them. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, uh, so- you yeah, know that's that's what. I but if I was going to fish for you know go fishing for uh, any of the flat species in Australia, you know permit, golden trevally, you know even tuna or GTS and stuff like that. Maybe not tuna, but um, but yeah, you know, even GTS. Um, you know, I'd fish those crab flies for sure. Crab flies for GTs are becoming very popular. Hmm. I'm tying a few I've got a few on order at the moment. So people going to uh, areas like Socotra, um, Seychelles and even uh, Canton Adol over in the Pacific. Those guys are fishing crab flies for um, for GTs. Pretty exciting stuff. Do
2: you think you think the crab flies more so than the uh, than the Semperfly that you just posted?
4: Oh, I, I think that yeah, like a, I think a crab fly would be more of a um, a more of a fly you throw after you've got a few fish under your belt, you know? It's not the sort of fly that you, you know, if you're going to hunt for food, you wouldn't use a crab fly for GTs, you know? It'd be, um, it'd be the sort of thing that you, you do just to say you've done it, but it's becoming more popular and it's, it's, it's working. It's converting for people from what I can hear, what I've told, been told. But even those uh, you know, fish like Napoleon wrasse. have you guys seen those things? Those things that hang on the reef edges of lagoons?
3: No, is that that big funky thing that has like almost like a lump on its head?
4: Yeah, there's uh, well there's a humphead humphead parrot and there's a Napoleon wrasse and they do look kind of similar. They have both got a lump on the head, but they're um, they're they're both they're both just brutal fucking animals to to land on around that sort of you know area around the reefs and stuff like that. So those guys are chucking pop crab flies and stuff like that for them.
2: I I always thought the parrotfish ate the coral.
4: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's been a lot of discussion on our podcast about that from guys that have caught humphead parrots. Uh, and there's been a word that's thrown around from my co-host, Volte, uh, called dentition, which I think is just a way of him trying to make himself sound better than everyone else. Have you guys heard that word, dentition, before?
2: I've heard you say it, but I ha- I- I'm working backward through your show, so oh. I haven't heard the er- oh, okay. origination of dentition.
4: Yeah, that's, that's a reference to him just showing off and poking <laughs> his chest out, going... Look at me! I'm fucking better than all of you guys. Dentition this, dentition that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like to I like to just call them teeth, you know. But uh, dentition is what makes him feel good. That's cool. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um,
2: you know what? <laughs> you need to have one of us on our pod on your podcast just to make fun of the other guys. <laughs> I, I want to have all of you guys
4: on. I've been talking to Mark about that. Having all you guys on it at, at once, if we can somehow. It's going to be uh, great to have all of us going. Just what a total crossover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be awesome. <laughs> we might see if we can get Balchi back for that one too. Oh, That'd hell yes.
2: I want to talk yeah. to him. He, yeah. He's my yeah. Yeah. god.
4: Yeah. Yeah, those, those humpies, they, they do. They eat coral. Yeah. That, um, yeah, trying to create a fly that makes it look like coral. I think they're more inquisitive. They're smart. So they'll come over and, and pick it up. Um, but they'll swim over a crab it's most times, more often than not. Very frustrating, from what I hear. I've never thrown anything at them. I reckon they'd be a wicked target. Be keen ass one day.
2: Are are they fairly common?
4: Uh, it's it's probably fair to say they're common where you find them. You know, um, so yeah. they they'll live. You know, I'm sure you guys heard of the Great Barrier Reef. It's, you know, it's a pretty well known place, but it it it's can a pretty describe, big stretch of.
2: Can you describe it to us?
4: Yeah, sure. It's yeah. a reef. That's a barrier, and it's also great. And, okay, um, okay
2: thank you thank you
4: yeah no worries i feel that <laughs> though it encapsulates it quite well um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry Chris, but, uh, you, it's, you broke me that's it it's okay man i've got it's all good um you yeah, know it's uh they live on that they live on the edge of the reefs and uh you know they just they just eat they eat coral new coral that comes up i guess they crack open the I don't know if you know coral. I'm sure you know coral's just a, a calcium body, but inside it's like a living soft tissue. Yeah, and that's what they crack open and eat. Yeah. So,
2: can you tie like a fly that looks like a like a sponge, and then just coat it in epoxy?
4: Well, the funny thing is, like discussing it on the podcast with various people that have, that have done it, the common denominator seems to be that you need to attract their um, them being inquisitive. You know, their inquisitive nature, rather than trying to imitate something they eat. Um, Something is jet black with, with hot orange, like, a, like an, a sea anemone or something like that. just a black fucking blob, like a mussel fly or something like that. Uh, they're likely to come and pick something like that over. Uh, one of the guests we had on was observing them in the, in the Singapore Aquarium. Uh, if any of you guys have been to Singapore, I haven't, but apparently that aquarium is just fucking balls out. Yeah, yeah I've been good. there. Yes. You've seen it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. There, there's humpies that live in there, and he said that he just wa- just sat there watching them and watching what they do, and they just come over and just pick stuff up, feel it around their mouth, and chuck it back out most of the day.
2: So they're kind of like so, um, kind of like a house feline, like, like
4: a house cat. Y- yeah, 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 oh. exactly. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, all all those sort of species like that are smart, like um, tusk fish and stuff like that have been known to use tools and, and things like that. They're just, they're just smart, flat dwelling fish. Um, yeah, they're just a challenge for good good fly fishing target, that's for sure. Nearly up there with carp.
2: Yeah, they're they're almost as pretty as carp too. Oh God.
4: Correct. Yeah, I totally
2: agree. So do you guys have mirror carp over there?
4: Yes. Yes we do. We uh yeah, we, we don't we don't have grass carp. Um or hang on, grass carp, I should say. Um <laughs> <laughs> that they're, they're better. It, yeah, what What's the
2: metric of ver- equivalent for a grass or a grass carp?
4: Uh. <laughs> okay, you broke me there I don't know, I've got nothing <laughs> Couldn't think of it 60? I don't know, is that an answer?
2: <laughs> no, we, we need to get the ching 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 On the Googlator
4: Oh, <laughs> right, yeah, hold on a moment Yeah, no, we're just calculating The uh, metric of the grass carp <laughs> Yes It says Thursday
2: Okay do yep. <laughs> you guys ever get any topwater carp?
4: Yeah, yeah, they eat dryers here. Definitely. They're, they're, they're pretty tuned into what's going on, eh? They, I'm sure they do the same there. They, they're common We call them common carp. Yeah, uh, as do know, we. Yeah, European carp, same thing. But uh, mirrors just seem to be like a, a genetic fuck up of, of common carp. I don't know. I could be really wrong with that. They could be a different species. You get hybrids, I believe. Uh, same with the koi. We get koi carp in the in the rivers here as well. Have you guys get koi? We in, have in, some. In your...
2: We have some koi. Mark hooked one behind a. With with my pets, I have some pets. They're carp. Yep. and Mark hooked a koi down there. Yeah, braid orange is one. It, is,
4: is it still fishing if you're um fishing the, the aquarium in your front yard though? Absolutely. Is that what you're talking about, like a bathtub goldfish or something like that.
5: No, these live in a wild river. that we fish. Oh, we, yeah.
3: we feed them bread on the regular, and then we just go back in and stick them with hooks.
4: Oh yeah,
5: <laughs> and flies gotcha. that look like bread.
4: Yeah, we're talking. <laughs> that's kind of what that's kind of what carp deserve at the end of the day, really,
2: We're super classy about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, here's an American term. Have you ever heard of "redneck"?
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, well, yeah that's, that's what, we're that's what... Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. That's, yeah, yeah, that's
2: us. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
4: That's, oh, that's that dude I was thinking of that, that sounds like Ellis, is uh, Theo Vaughn.
2: Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Theo Vaughn's awesome. He's funny as hell.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's, uh, so, yeah. Do you reckon that's, uh, that's what he sounds like? Same yeah. accent?
2: Yes. Uh, uh, Theo Vaughn's from Louisiana, though. It's,
4: that's
2: a totally different dialect. Is but, it? <laughs> but it's, it's the same cadence, I would say. That's more of yeah. uh, a Cajun. Where's Ellis from? What? Where's Ellis from again? He's from Southern Ohio. West oh, okay. Virginia border. Yeah, West Virginia border, southern Ohio. But, uh, uh and Theo Vaughn's from
4: Louisiana. So it's, uh, yeah, it's miles apart, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple. Yeah, I'm bringing up a map right now. 17 hours, I, just, I would say. It, it's
2: a couple kilometers. Is it hours? Kilo- kilometers.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, man. That's, yeah, kilometers. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's, that's some serious kilometers away. Mm-hmm. But T doesn't sound like you guys at all. And you guys are pretty close to him. Oh, we're day. very
2: close. Yeah, we're, we're like three hours from
4: yeah. Ellis. Yeah. So you're telling me that everyone in Ellis's town sounds like Ellis and everyone in your town sounds like you guys, yeah?
5: No, but listen, it's so weird because we even have friends from a, a place called Buffalo, New York. And they yep. sound they they the sound like they're parking the car and all kinds of crazy shit and and they they, ha, yeah. they have a weird accent not weird I shouldn't say weird they, they have sound d- like stereotypical uh-huh. within- they yes. have a different accent than we have as well I would say ours sounds most like L A or what you would hear on the news we're the Queens yeah. English L <laughs> <I mean, laughs> <laughs> I mean, A I mean, what you hear on like what you hear in like the news I like, or what you see on the news we don't you don't hear them. Parking cars, unless you hear <laughs> Buffalo news, you know? When you think of like, nah. when you hear, look at the world news, you hear people that speak mostly like us. We sound the most like Lester Holt.
0: Yes, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Oh, yeah, we oh. sound just like Lester Holt. <laughs> and not, you know, not like
5: we're from Southern Ohio or Louisiana or, you know, well, ten- Tennessee. None of these, Good old Tennessee. I
4: like, of these guys sound like Joe Exotic, so, you know, no, it's hard, no, to, no, hard no. to maintain interest, you know? That fucking Carol Baskin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, you're not that gay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you ain't that straight. Hey, that sounds like
5: you yeah.
4: said that once or twice. You're not that straight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You ain't that straight? I've never even seen yeah. the thing. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's plenty of memes to keep you up to date. Yeah, for sure. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all I've seen.
5: <laughs> Thank God, Facebook yeah, right. The quarantine.
4: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's right. Well, I'm just uh, familiarizing myself with the country right now. You guys have got so much more life and states in the center of the country in Australia. It's just the perimeter, yeah. know. there's only like about 30 million people in the whole of our country. There are hundred million. Or something. Well, your coastlines
5: are are a lot more populated. As to where when you get into the center and other places in your it's like the outback, where mm. you know. I'm going to yeah. the Outback in a few weeks, but it's about as far Outback as you might get. Are you talking about the steakhouse?
2: Yes. He's
4: yep. getting a Bloomin' <laughs> Onion,
2: mate. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, shit. They don't call it a Bloomin' Onion, do they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah.
1: You didn't
3: know that? <laughs> oh,
4: fucking hell.
1: <laughs>
4: you go have a Foster's
5: of the Outback in a Bloomin' Onion. But uh, you say, by yeah. Crocky, that's not a knife.
4: Oh, now you're sounding like Russell Crowe of South Park. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fighting around the world.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, shit. oh, this is great. This is the best <laughs> podcast we've ever had. It's, South Park's got a lot to answer to. They, they kind of ruined Steve Irwin too, you know. No one says, "Crikey" like that, you know. He well, does.
2: Well, Steve Irwin kind of did. Well,
4: yeah, he did ruin Crikey. Let's face it. So, yeah, yeah. No one says Crikey. That's he's the only Australian, I, I mean, it's it's pretty old. Maybe fifty years ago, people were saying Crikey, but good old Steve kept that kept that flame burning, didn't he? Well, it's really. But
2: really, how many Australians do you really know? <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's a good question. It's a really good question. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's there, why I'm here. There's Valti. <laughs> <laughs> Valti's probably not Australian at the end of the day. Yeah, I, so I'm,
2: I'm here for the hard-hitting questions. Once again, like Lester mm. Holt. <laughs> yes, he he's our national newsman in America.
4: Right. Yeah. And um, does he like speak him. like Joe Exotic? No, no, he speaks like us.
2: The Queen's English. Okay. Queen's yeah. <laughs> a little English. bit like Joe Exotic then. <laughs> he says, and tonight. <laughs>
5: I would imagine you're yeah, closer that, to the Queen's English than we are.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you guys are, yeah, man. It's, uh, even right down to Texas, it sounds like a different accent again, right? Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: No, that's a different country for sure. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah. We need a, pass. Hey, we need a passport to go to Texas.
4: I won't have you say that about Texas. Texas is our biggest demographic with the <laughs> intermediate line in the States. Those Texans, they know what's up well and truly.
2: <laughs> what all six of them? The will listen. <laughs>
4: We're not talking about their teeth, are we? Oh jeez! Oh, there you no, go. There were
2: some <laughs> listeners.
4: That that's your listenership, not ours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty close to Mexico. I'm assuming. I'm assuming meth might have been heard of down there. <laughs> you're,
5: you're 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 one step away from it. Saying if they, if anybody gonna fuck my sister, it's gonna be me. Mm.
1: You
2: know, All the line. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, you, you cross the line. All right, we sorry. we do have a line here. All right.
4: <laughs> I didn't hear that. Can you can you repeat the question, please?
2: <laughs> Jay stated a fact of having fornication with his own sister. Oh, my God. And, he, <laughs> and, if, and if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be him.
4: Oh, my God. That's, that's uh, Texas. Guys, wraps I'm going to have Texas, to distance right? myself from those sort of uh, statements. This was a professional yeah, got, podcast. Yeah, yeah, sorry, got a lot riding on the line with my podcast that makes no money.
5: <laughs> I was raised by Dave Chappelle. I apologize. <laughs>
4: it's all good, Jay. Like, uh, I'm pretty happy to tell people to, to um, you know, get fucked on our podcast so that I like it. So, I'm sure you guys will be the same. Yeah, well, yeah, we've
2: we've done that once or twice.
4: Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's uh, yeah, the f bomb's pretty part of the Australian language. I've been dropping it a bit tonight. I haven't dropped to see you next Tuesday, though, which is pretty <laughs> prevalent in Australia either. I was going to bring that up. That, that's
2: way different in Australia than it is in America.
4: It's a term of endearment in Australia. Like, if I go... If I talk about my mate Volti on the podcast and I say, hey, Voltsy's the full sick cunt, you know, um, that's me saying he is a good bloke.
2: Yeah, yeah. See, if I say hey, cunt, go do the dishes,
4: that's <laughs> totally different. See, the way you,
2: you say know? it, though, sounds offensive. You know?
4: like, I, would, I could say it like that, too, and it sounded completely different. I was, if I went, oh, you cunt, go do the dishes. Oh, well, we but can't. if I said, hey, cunt, wait, cunt, can you do the dishes, that's different again. See, it's, it's all in the intention. So you
5: got you to
2: school me up on this.
5: Yeah, which when you tell me that, it really offends me. Okay. Sure,
4: is, is my
2: wife standing behind me? No. Okay.
5: <laughs> that God. must be
4: a bad word over there. That you've got to be, you got to be oh, of the, uh, of the boss.
5: I just don't say it ever. <laughs> That's oh, what wow. I've learned.
4: Wow, it's uh, it's everywhere in Australia. So what do you want to know, Chad? What do, you, what can I help you with? With the, uh, with cunt school.
2: <laughs> it does sound better coming out of his mouth. I, yeah, it does. Can you teach me to say
4: cunt school first? <laughs>
2: because when I cunt say, school, it, it, it's really abrasive.
4: Yeah. yeah. because it's you can almost hear the fear in your voice. You've got to let it go, Chad. Oh, you gotta gotta you gotta embrace the word, man. You gotta you can't you can't be fear it's like it's like when you go to wrestle a crocodile, right? If that crocodile knows that you're afraid of it, it's gonna turn on you. But the word cunt is like a crocodile. You can't be scared of it. You've gotta you gotta you gotta grab it with both hands and beat it against your head, you know, and it's, uh, And that's how you dominate it, mate. Wait,
2: take it. Try it. One second, Chris. As a professional Mm -hmm. podcaster, is there any way we can get a a bigger, larger E for this show? we talk about. For the explicit.
4: Oh, right.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, just so
2: everyone knows right off that this is E and then C because there's a lot of C words.
4: Yep, yeah. f words as well. Yeah, who cares the about the f words? <laughs> the f words are on TV now. <laughs> yeah,
2: the f words are everywhere, but the c words <laughs> they don't true. flow no. like oh, no. <laughs> they don't flow like water in America.
4: Oh yeah, <laughs> we don't have yeah we don't have them on our TV either. But I was watching our news the other day, and we've got an Australian <laughs> oh, correspondent picking up those uh, the riots that you guys have got sadly going on over there without talking out the subject. But she's she's walking past all the cop cars, and they've got fuck written over them. And this is mainstream <laughs> television. <laughs> And then she's walking past, she's going, there's some, ex, ex, you know, expletives written on some of these cars, and it's just big, This <laughs> fuck the cops written there. I was like, man. <laughs> Jesus. It's crazy, you yeah, know. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, look, we don't, we, I don't think we even have the setting on our podcast to not make it safe for kids. They probably should. But then again, there's nothing like being chucked in the deep end of life, is there, for kids at the yeah, end, end of the day? Hey. Oh, no, oh guys, hell no.
3: You guys chucked that reporter. or... Uh... With the drop bears when their shoes down there,
4: mm, yeah, the drop bears can be can be a problem, that's for sure. But uh, my my cousin who's staying with me, Trevor, he uh, also will clean them up on the um, on the runway as well. No problem at all. He'll pick them up in the VW so, Golf. So, so I'll yeah. You so, the, so when yeah. you
3: guys get the out of uh, out of the country reporters to come down in, that, that's sorry, what, say that again. I said when you guys get the out of country reporters to come down, that, yep. that that's the best thing is to the introduce them to drop bears.
4: Yeah, I think so. Oh, did, I sent you guys that video of that yeah. that um, reporter that yep. got, got punked. Yeah, that's what I was she talking was, about. She was shitting herself. That was so funny. <laughs> uh, now look, the drop bear thing. I'm really surprised it worked last time uh, because it's, uh, yeah, it <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah. a it's a it's it's a pretty common common prank that Australians play on, on tourists. That one. But the um, but Trevor showing the, the the ruse off the airport. That's not a prank. That's for real.
2: So, do drop bears hit the roll bar? Like the push bar, or do they go under like the wallabies?
4: Under.
2: I mean, how big? How big is?
4: Right, are they? They, well, the uh, the drop bears, How big are they? Did you say?
2: Yeah, how big?
4: You know, you know, well, you know, you know what a VW Golf is, right? You guys have got them over there. Yeah,
2: we we have those.
4: Well, about that size. Okay,
2: it? and when he hits something, yep. he say, "You bloody cons." <laughs>
4: yeah. no, you, 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 well, you, Get out of the fucking way You stupid cunt That's what you say <laughs> no, You
2: do so much better than I me like Chris that
4: <laughs> But the, the, the drop bears Are usually scurry out of the way And, and then run back onto the strip <laughs> To eat the meat They
3: go back for the ruse <laughs> They're
4: like vultures
3: yeah.
4: yeah They like meat dude like it's, Everything else is a herbivore like a, you know, They don't survive very long in Australia Herbivores Like, ve- like vegetarians yeah,
2: they're like vegans in uh, in yeah. Oklahoma with Joe Exotic. They don't survive Yeah, well. there you go.
1: Yeah. Ain't
4: <laughs> that straight. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, not being able to financially recover from this is something we won't say as a podcaster anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. We won't be able to use that one.
2: <laughs> so, uh, are you going to chop this show up and use clips of it on your show? Because I would if I was you.
4: I think we can, for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna definitely going advertise it on the show, want people to listen to it. I think people would be interested in in how to educate foreigners about the correct way to use the word "cunt." And I think um I think it, as an educational point of view, I think it's gonna be helpful for everyone. What do you guys think? So,
3: no. is it proper for a foreigner to come over there and use the word?
4: Yeah. Uh. Well, it depends. If you know, if you use it in the context that's offensive, you know, you'll you'll get people's backs up. It's it could be. It's a funny word over here. It gets it can be offensive. Um, or it can be just a complete terms of you. I I call all like most of my friends I'll I'll call cunt, you know? It's a, and no one gets offended by it, but so you have If like, someone
2: you have like Jimmy cunt and Johnny cunt and
4: No, no. Not sick cunt, mad cunt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stupid cunt. <laughs> awesome. Dumb cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones I have too. Yeah, He's of those, friends. Mm. <laughs> Brainless cunt, there's one of them too. Yeah, yeah, Oh,
5: yeah, Duh, there's always one of those. Is there <laughs> I had one of those on the boat
2: today. Is there a stinky
5: one too?
4: <laughs> Smelly cunt? I don't know, mate. That's, uh, that's probably... What, were we talking about that line before? I think we're starting to sort of... Uh, yeah, no, there's that, <laughs> that no line. That comes that word in Australia. You've got a free pass talking to an Australian.
2: So is, oh, there, see, uh, is there an offensive yeah. word that takes that one's place? In Australia,
4: Arsehole, probably. I reckon. Really? Yeah, you call someone you call someone an asshole over here. It's um, I call that's my, fighting words.
2: I call my boss an asshole on Wednesday.
4: Yeah, oh, people still call people that. People like <laughs> you probably, you know. One. But um, but you're more likely to um, to declare your uh, frame of mind to someone by calling them an asshole if you're pissed with them. That's for sure.
5: So that's what you're going to call somebody if you're going to get punched? No. I mean, yes.
4: Yes, you would. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna line someone up, or he's gonna, you know, Well, if you're gonna state your intentions before hitting someone, well, you have probably already lost anyway. But if you were gonna do that, um, yeah, surely you guys have watched Russell 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 Crowe on South Park fighting around the world. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: that's where I get all of my literature um, and world traveling knowledge is from South Park. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, exactly. I learned everything about international politics from uh, Team America: World Police
2: she's darn right
4: <laughs> America
2: yeah. fuck yeah
4: yeah yeah exactly and Matt Damon he was one of the best actors in what's in, in Fag wasn't it Film Actors Guild y-
2: yes absolutely <laughs>
4: mm. Matt Damon yeah <laughs> great movie great have puppet. you seen the outtakes of that you can google you can youtube the outtakes it's a great puppet movie the, the sex scenes
2: no I haven't seen the sex scenes oh, yeah, that movie oh man up.
4: <laughs> pretty brutal i recommend highly recommend it probably not not in front of the kids or the missus
2: <laughs> kind of like uh-huh. this show
4: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I no, man it's um pretty good
2: so if you have a a buddy that only fishes clousers would you mm-hmm. call him clouser or a uh, clouser cunt
4: <laughs> he'd be a mad cunt <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's gonna be. What Jay- are you trying That's to say, J-
5: man? That's Jay's new nickname. I did not fish Bet. one clouser yesterday.
2: <laughs> I'm serious. is are
4: cool. I don't know what the pro- what's what's the sledge on Clousers? They, no, there is cool none. For. Nothing.
5: No, it was just, no, it was no, just no.
2: good alliteration. Yeah,
4: yeah. It, I just used yeah.
5: the shit out of them for the first few months this year and was catching a lot of smallmouth and bass on them, and you know, kind of moving away from it now. The water levels have going down
4: a little bit. <laughs>
2: In America, alliteration means the first letter of two consecutive words is the same.
4: What? what give me an example.
2: Clouser cunt.
4: Or oh, right. Yeah, gotcha. Behind you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs>
5: <laughs> when he goes and calls you that later, you know where that came Dude. from. <clears throat>
1: Dude, So Chris, cunt, I- huh?
5: On that note, is there anything we haven't hit? Uh, we can say the C-word about 30 more times if we feel like it, but uh do you want to talk about tonight?
4: Uh, I don't know. We kind of covered everything, I suppose. Um, I apologize for um, getting detailed and boring about technical aspects of game changes. Um, um, yeah, the, but second the, half of was this, quite...
2: the second half of this was way more entertaining.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's face it like you get a bunch of fly fishermen together there's not much actual fly fishing talk this is what how we all talk i've never been anywhere in the whole world and not met other fly fishermen who don't just get together and talk like this which is great that you guys and that and like i was saying earlier how we modeled our show off use you guys (laughs) there's my australian accent northern Australian accent there yeah use um you know it's it's the same way as what everyone does when they get together wouldn't you guys agree do you guys have other fly fishing friends that just yeah. You, know, you don't sit there just talking technical aspects of fire fishing very much. You know, you just get in to start talking shit, really, pretty quickly.
5: Yeah, pretty uh, we will for a second. I think when we get this together first we'll kinda hit on what we were what we just did if we weren't together doing it. But after that it always goes to this. After that it's yeah. always just farting, you know, burp jokes. I mean that's it, right?
2: That's yeah. Minor ma- yeah. Yeah. mainly small dick jokes. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. that kind
5: nipple, of stuff. Nipple dick.
4: Yeah yeah, Nipple dick yes. Yeah Spe- Especially yeah. if you
3: got A couple hour lag going Oh yeah Then it
4: hurts uh, Yeah And I, I, also Speaking of nipple dick I've still got your Nickelback sticker You sent me too Chad <laughs> Oh <laughs> <or something>. Jesus <laughs> You sent him a Nickelback sticker No way I did
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta got wrap it. that On your rod or something I, I figured you'd I've appreciate got it. it If anyone I've got would got it appreciate the, it,
4: it, it It'd be you I've got it on the System of my toilet Just to remind me That uh, life isn't that bad You know that time. Every time I go take a slash or take a dump, I see Nickelback and I think to myself, things really aren't that bad, I like You know. So Chris, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. you know what I do every time I take a dump? I wipe my Jason. What? <laughs> <laughs> he wet your Jason? I, I wipe my Jason. He wipes his you wipe asshole. Wipe your Jason. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. another word for an asshole. <laughs> yeah. You guys gonna, you oh guys yeah, guys I'm about to punch him, punch him in his eyes? fucking
5: face real quick. Yeah, as soon yeah, as we yeah. got the air, fucking, Get him, Jack. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fuck him up.
1: <laughs> you bad son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah,
4: hey, uh, By was there you guys is there anything I've done that you, we haven't covered that you want to talk about? Like, fucking, yeah. As you can see, that it's, uh, it's pretty candid. Yeah, you know? talk about anything. I, um, but if you guys have covered it all, it's I know We've had you on for
2: like an hour and a half.
4: Uh, have we really?
2: Yeah, I mean it's been an hour and fifty minutes, but I think we talked for twenty minutes before we heated the mic up.
4: Yeah, yep, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, yeah, man. I've been, been on the blow to you guys for an hour and forty nine minutes.
2: I know. So uh, it's almost time for you to start cracking tins.
4: <laughs> yeah. oh, I got to get back to. I got eight eight game changers to get in the mail today. So
2: how long does it take you to tie oh, cool. a game changer, tip to tail?
4: Getting quicker with it. I'm a, I'm about fifty minutes now. Really. Yeah. Yep. Yep, so it's uh I can't just can't get them any faster.
2: No nah, man, if if they go faster they're going to be less quality, right?
4: Yeah, I yeah, I well, I guess so. I I would be doing less or or um not taking the t- not taking the time with it, you know, to to do what I want to do. So yeah, I guess so. Technically. 100%. Yeah,
2: man. So, hey. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're going to get off of here, but I think yep. we sh- we should make you a quarterly guest, Chris, because this was a hoot riot.
4: Yeah, cool, man. I'm I'm down with that. That's a that's an you American guys, term. A hoot ride. A hoot riot. Is that is that hoot another name for a mustache? Any chance?
2: Um, uh, I've never heard of that, but okay. Why is it in Australia?
4: Oh, I was just thinking mustache ride. I thought you guys were oh hoot
2: riot like a like the riots. Oh, riot. Yeah, hoot riot. Right.
5: Hoot, like a hoot nanny? Yes, like a hoots, like yeah, yeah. like a good
3: time. Jay, Jay thinks mustache Roger a hoot. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah, no. Sweet. I love my All wife's
4: mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it gets pretty cold over there, though I hear. So it's
2: uh, not <laughs> so quite Probably, fine.
4: probably, a, probably a clever move. At the end of the day, um, but yeah, no, I'd be keen to get you guys on too. 100%. 100, we've talked about it for a while now, and uh, I'd really like to make that happen sooner rather than later, for sure. Yeah, man.
2: Just yeah, hit us up. We're absolutely. we're always willing to help.
4: Maybe uh, we might we'll see how we go. Maybe on episode fifty-two, which will be spot on a year, like the annual annual thing or something like that. Maybe who knows? But I'll speak to my counterparts and see what those cunts reckon and um, go from there.
2: Yeah, if you do that, uh, we'll we'll buy a case of Fosters and drink it.
4: Yeah, it's just a matter of working out the time, isn't it? Really, at the end of the day. Yeah. We- We could.
3: uh, We'll we'll be sure to watch a South Park episode a few times before, just so we talk (laughs) just like it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be sweet. If uh, maybe, maybe if we dedicate a bit of the show to us speaking with a US accent, and you guys try on the Australian accent for a while.
2: (laughs) Crikey, I think we can do that.
4: Yeah, you're talking. Yeah you, you yeah, you sound like an
2: <laughs>
1: <a> Australian redneck. He does.
3: He a straight crocodile Dundee on it.
4: <laughs> you gotta practice. You, that's not a knife. Yeah, so, you know, that's a issue. So is Paul? Hogan, is
2: Paul Hogan really an Australian? Do you guys accept Paul Hogan?
4: Uh, he used to have is a shirt called Paul. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, we're still on. Uh, yeah, yeah he, used to, he used to have a show called the Paul Hogan Show. If you can Google that, I recommend anyone to watch that. That's that's Paul Hogan Australia knows. Paul Hogan in Crocodile Dundee is it was cool. I suppose you know that was in the eighties and I was I was only a kid then. And, uh, it was cool to see Australia get seen around the place and people find things like that's not a knife funny and all that sort of carry on. But Paul Hogan in the Paul Hogan Show, that that's that's. That's pretty legit. That dude was pretty cool. I'm sure that would be on YouTube. I guarantee it. Pretty old. All Early right. 80s sort of sitcom. That's a that's
2: must-see must TV for us.
4: Yeah, so Blackwater from, uh, from um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Luke Ristar, Rock Expeditions,
2: the yeah. Black
4: Bass thing, um, and Paul Hogan show. There's your homework.
2: All right. We will definitely do our homework before, uh, before episode 52.
4: Yeah, yep, for sure. Oh, and mate, if you guys get that, the, the last show we just did with um, a DVD called Heads or Tails, best, the best Australian fly fishing video you'll, you'll ever see. I don't know how much how you'd find that. One of our one of our listeners reckons he got it from a store in the states. Still available over there. Pretty cool. Do you guys do you guys watch, like watching saltwater fly fishing? I know you guys are in oh, yeah. freshwater land.
3: Yeah, I was watching it. But yeah,
4: uh, yeah for, well, and doing it if you get the chance. I'm sure, but uh, um. Heads or tails. Very very cool video about permit. Just all about permit. Catching permit on dry flies and stuff like that as well, floating crabs. Wait, who what? Pretty cool. Yeah, man. They're catching permit on um on floating crabs.
2: Oh, I got to see this. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I su- um I yeah.
2: I saw your one Sorry, I saw your episode called Heads or Tails. I haven't got to listen to it yet. But yeah.
4: Yeah. Such a cool video. Really well done, you know. It's, it's 10 years old. Just just turned 10 years old and it could get released tomorrow and still Compete with the best fly fishing video you've seen, you know that's for sure.
2: All right, yeah, that's definitely a must see TV for us as well. Cool. So, hey Chris, hit your plugs real quick for us. What? Hit your plugs, you
4: know. Ah, oh, beast brushes, Uh, Definitely, definitely not a problem getting to to you lovely people over there. Um, ammo flies is a dying creature right now, but you'll be able to buy flies off these brushes website. Um, and by all means, to all you excellent listeners out there, go check out the Intermediate Line podcast and you'll hear more C bombs and F bombs and international content and stuff like that. And, um, but if you used SVS, it's a very, very similar format because the dudes are legends. You guys, thank you very much.
0: One, two. One, two.
1: Lord, Curry and Peter to Lord, Deja vu. Dog
0: to the heart, but got love for all. Lying die in the fire where I learned the ball. Uptown is the place where I lay my dome. On the streets of the Bronx where my family roam. Oh damn it, we home. He got a. Player haters so can feel the flame for my heater. I never really like to play a fool like that, but I love to succeed. See four fall, flat. Slat like deja boom. And I got another clip down a deja crew. I said
2: I just want to come back to a song I knew Mark had no idea I've ever heard of.
5: <laughs> I could probably sing no idea. most of the words too. Yeah, that was, a, that was that was that no was like no interest in ever hearing it that was name. like one of uh, Fat Joe's original. I think he was like the producer on this. He might have been. It has his beat, and his and flow. Yeah, I think he was the producer on this. It, I,
2: I I remember this song. It was from like it's like 98, 99. This came out the same time as Triumph by the Wu Tang Clan. Because I remember watching back to back videos, Triumph and Deja Vu. What year? Can you can you look it up or do you know it? right now uh right off bat, i don't know okay but, uh, no, no worries i, I just ah. yeah i don't know i
5: remember the song though the, it was in the 90s sometime so if, if anyone wants to know what we're listening to it's lord Tariq and Peter guns it's probably only the, this uh the video i remember the video because yeah, they were in the a uh, good. they were in a baseball field at first yeah you know and then i think they i think it just goes on with the rapping
2: but uh so I was listening to this yesterday when I cut you guys off on your float. That's that's what made me think about it. <laughs> you guys did your float and I, I went and hit a hole on on foot. So we still end up we still end up pulling a hog out that spot. So yeah, the one you guys caught was way bigger than the one I caught.
5: I was I was surprised. I I. Your boy, your boy was kind of mad that uh, he, I showed him that picture. And, and so Chad's got a hybrid. He's like, "We're at, we're at down there." And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Are gonna hit our spot before we're gonna?" He knew we were floating there.
2: It's your, a your, fucking public spot. Your boy with the uh, your boy with
5: the, uh, the the cool hat that isn't here tonight.
2: Yeah, I know. I miss that old dude.
5: Uh, what had what like you a say nine was? year old
2: walking the flats. It looks like of. a lefty cray hat.
5: Well, you know what he said, and he gets, you know, he gets beat up by the sun really bad. Like he's a white white guy. Like, like
2: uh, that's t- disputed.
5: <laughs> <laughs> True, but you know he gets fried by the sun, and uh, you know he doesn't like wearing a buff up high like you have to if you want to really cover the sun because in the heat because it it sucks. So if you can hold that to your back as much as possible, you know, that's that was his explanation after your comment text, and I said that to him, and he said, he
2: said F that dude. He said, fuck that
5: cunt. Shout out to Chris Adams. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, you know, those are the words that of was out. You know, Jason, uh, you know, that was, uh, uh, I, I don't care what he wears, as long as he, you know, he.
2: As long he as he's he a gun and catches no, fish. <laughs> you know he
5: started to, uh, and I think you could have swam about damn near anything yesterday. But watching what me and Mark did last year with the Clousers when he was swimming a swim fly and we were fucking peeling fish and he wasn't, you know I think I think he's he's been swimming a lot different flies. Like he swam one that from you guys last night that was uh, one of the ones you gave him a bag of, and it had a wool head. It was just like a. It's a trout, and small fly. It had a wool head, dumbbell eyes, blah blah blah. It was like a double wooly uh, bugger, back to back, more or less whatever you're gonna say. Most most uh, trout and small mouth flies should be, but articulated. Still had the the but the the heavy eyes. Sorry, the heavy eyes so you can uh, get down quick.
2: And you know he was peeling fish and quickly. So was that that fly that I? It was you, an all white fly. The, no, the one that you said. You took off me last week? That wasn't the one Jace used. No. no I no. know. Which one
3: you're talking about. That's the one I came out of that. The, with the yeah. trimmed
5: head. And, uh, yeah. It's like. Bullet, dumbbell eyes. Bullet
3: shape. Yep. Dumbbell eyes were like wore off of it. Yep.
5: Yep. Yeah. It works, so. But uh, we had something similar. That's what we ran basically the whole day, too, was uh, I had a fly on. It had the dumbbell eyes on it. It was all white. I said, Dad went for the fly rod with the clouser. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like fish this, fish this, fish something a little thicker, it has some a little more body to it. And uh, you know, fish were really on the swim flies, so it was fun to watch sw- fly, f- fun to watch fish come up and just smash flies. You know, because the water level is so low now that you're not, you don't have to make them move four feet. You're making them move two feet or a foot and a half, and they'll hit damn near anything you put down there, as long as it looks like. Any, and I would imagine they'll start hitting a lot more of the crayfish flies now too, but. I want to see him. If I can see him, I want to see him do
2: it. So, how... Did you try the technique that I, I brought up to you? I what, did not. When I called you back the second time just to tell you about trying something? I didn't, but uh, Jace rode all through that. So,
5: that was nice. So, I got the fish all through that. And it turned out some fish. I mean, we had... Um, Mark and I talked about one of the spots along the like the railroad trestle that usually didn't turn out fish. It turned out quite a few fish last last night, and I mean they were none were huge. One was decent, maybe 14 or 15, but uh, a lot of them. I, I, we hit one spot where there were a few all together, and you know we hit them spots, 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 and we ended up putting probably 25, maybe 30 smallmouth in Vegas. They're
3: probably right now just your pre-spawn feeding with
5: them. Pre-spawn, you think still? Mm-hmm. oh yeah i would say in the colder places that's been 60s mid 60s i don't know what bond tempter smallmouth are i have never looked it up honestly
1: Good.
3: So like uh, about 62 65 i think 65 right around there i don't
5: know what's been between almost 70 and
3: 60 No, the, the a weeks, wall was weeks, weeks, weeks freaking down. cold no uh, that that water temp there hasn't barely got above 60
5: I've been looking at it. It's been, yeah. At the dam? Mm-hmm. No, but the wall.
2: from. That's what I've been looking at. at no, the, the, the USGS from the wall. Okay. It was fucking cold on Monday when I went, waited up up there. Cold. Like, t- shocked me. Like, <gasps> cold. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's... It might have been
5: Wednesday. It's not as cold as the water I was in today, or probably the water I was in last weekend. No, but it's a totally different... But I'm thing. saying, like... <laughs> I walked into some water last weekend wet wading up in the mountains while I went to camp all weekend. Uh, the reason I wasn't on the podcast. And uh, but man, oh you wanna talk about shocking? You walk in the water. My dog went up to his nuts in the water for the first time in his life. And he turned around and beeline back back to the shore. I I, and then in the Spring Fred Creek. Oh my gosh, it had to be it had to be oh forties, maybe fifty? I'd say fifty, maybe? Oh, man, was it cold. Breathtaking cold. I hate putting
2: my testicles in that cold.
5: Oh, that cold is bad. You know, I was trying to get them to learn to swim, and,
2: oh, but. So, Jay, you had some sort of experience today. Would you like to tell us about your trip? Can I start? Uh, I want to start a couple weeks ago.
5: I went on a trip with my wife and uh, PJ, and I ran into a couple guys on the side of the creek. I did not get to uh, talk about, or you know, we talked a little while. I'm, I'm going on the river, and the guy, guy, guys, like, he asked me if I, I thought they were gonna ask me if I was Justin, <laughs> you know, and I like, they were like, you're the SVS guy, one of the SVS guys, and it was they, they, they thought PJ was you,
0: <laughs> eat your Chad right, <laughs> and,
5: or you're, you're, and he's like, I was like, I'm Jay, he's like, oh, that makes you Chad right, and I'm like, no, nah, it's PJ, this is my wife. And uh, she's like, he's like, you gotta be a saint, lady. <laughs> he's like, you could tell when the podcast really starts getting, really starts getting juicy is when you and Chad got one tied on. You could really start telling, uh, when the sea C-bom- sea bombs start flying like water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chad starts talking about some crazy shit, and you get really loud. And uh, but uh, uh it was uh, Key and Kevin, and uh, they were good guys, you know, and. We talked a little while, talked about some fishing while we were sitting there for two seconds and, uh, you know, as we rolled by in the, in the boat and, hey, good luck to them out there. Hopefully they have a good time and, you know, just, you know, tight lines. Uh, it was uh, nice to talk to you out there and thanks for listening. Uh, uh thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
3: Were, you said they were, what, wading? They yeah, they were weight
5: fishing out there. Yeah. They were moving up and down one great, great spot, great area and, uh. I said hey awesome to see you out there man awesome throw a big streamer throw a giant streamer <laughs> don't worry about them little
2: ones okay so you started your your conversation off but that was there a couple weeks ago we yeah we my wife had a good day she she caught a, a, her
5: first wild brown and she also caught a probably was, I'd say maybe like 17 inch rainbow and she got to posing all nice and pretty with it might have been a little smaller even whatever but uh, Beautiful, beautiful fish. And at, what I like about, like, I've had her out a lot lately. And even when we were up uh, fishing in, um, in in the mountains in, on, in Tainesta. And uh, <clears throat> she's starting to learn. She's starting to, and, and she's start when she sees water, she's starting to try to dissect the water now. She's like, oh, okay, fish will be sitting here. You know, this is this, and the fish will be sitting here. And I, you know, like, so she's starting to get, like, what... You know, you're trying to teach somebody, and, and and she's learning from not scratch, scratch. She doesn't understand how to click, you know, use a use a rod, but she doesn't understand the depth involved with even smallmouth, like what we're trying to do. You know, any kind of our fishing, it all it's all depth involved. You're trying to cre- whether where the fish are at, where they're sitting. You're trying to create the depth to catch the fish. So she's starting to understand the seams and starting to understand where the fish are sitting. So where she wants to stand or where she wants to create. You know the situation. you have to break it down and and I'm gonna sound like Jace, which sucks, but it is. It's a situation. You were trying to break and make a situation where that fish has to make a wrong move. And that's what it breaks down to, you know, especially with streamer fishing or 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 I don't we don't float bait, so she's always using a spinner, which is the same thing. You're always trying to make a situation where you're you know presenting yourself to that fish right. And she's starting to learn that now, and that, that I, I like that in her, you know. And she really did well rowing last time we fished. And now, you know, she's starting to. I had her pushing us into corners and going through little riffles and where she has to back row and put your face toward danger, even though it wasn't much danger. It's still some danger. And you still have to, like, learn that, that
2: idea. Hey, just to go back to a couple topics ago, the smallmouth are definitely post spawn because they. Spawn 55 to 60 degrees.
5: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, definitely well, post-spawn.
3: Look then. at Austin and Ducci's post today about half mix of post and pre-spawn. Just saying, they're, man. They're I in can... Illinois, and they're a lot warmer than we are.
2: I, I don't know. Okay. I'm I don't saying. know. Wherever good go, I'm just...
3: Well,
5: yeah, but you're also talking about it. internet know, throwing up a set number and not I know. Uh, I know a few weeks ago they were definitely pre-spawn when we were catching when they had the giant bellies. And I don't know, the last few the last we've been checking, we've been find, still seeing chunky, chunky, chunky fish. I don't know what that means, if they're just eating well or if there's a lot of food or... But uh, going back to, you know, like I said, she's learning the row. She's learned it, man. She started to like it. She started to take... Once you start to get the techniques and the, the just the simple... It wasn't, it wasn't trying to train somebody to put the boat in the right position for when you're fishing now, because there were 75 kayaks out there. It was. It turned into a joy ride. It's was like, hell, might as well just teach you to row. Just row around. Don't. Don't. And if you knock into somebody, it's going to be okay. Say, I'm sorry. This is soft. <laughs> yeah. It'll be all right. would probably do more damage to us. So. so I started teaching her to do that, and she learned really well the other day. And it was real nice. It was real. It was just me and her out there. We left our child with my parents that were up at camp, and... Fun times. But uh, yesterday's float, did we get into that any at all much before? Can I go to that
2: first? Uh, before I just discussed my, like, my total disgust? We just talked about me cutting you guys off and Jace catching one.
5: Well, <coughs> I my dad texts me in the morning. He's like, you going to go fishing? I'm like, no. He calls me like, "Well, hey, man, I wouldn't mind going fishing. Go wait somewhere or whatever. I'm like, oh, good, good the river. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know if the, we got a little bit of rain and everything looked like it was going to just blast out of space and everything had hit a real bottom because of the 90 degrees we'd had for or 85 we'd had for two weeks before this and everything hit a real low, a lot more low than I thought, you know, from seeing what I saw today. yesterday, And even from all that rain, they didn't push our river up at all. So I was like yesterday, I'm like, wow, well, man, they're not going to do it today. Let's let's go float it. Like always, I mean, like not as many big fish, but still the fish were immediate. It was, it was fish after fish after fish after fish, and then. Do Do you like the mud report
2: as I worked my way up the river for you before you I got did. there? I <laughs>
5: did, I did. Once you said it looked good in Sharon, and it looked just great, and it was. And then I, when I saw it, it was clear. My river looks low and clear where I've started, you know, and there wasn't enough runoff long enough to, you know, it went up and down fast. The rain was.
2: Up and then right down. Well, where I was to start, it was really muddy. And from there down. But there are two giant feeders yeah. below all what I'm going to fish. Too. Yeah, and I was in yeah. the, I was in a feeder. Yeah. So,
5: yeah, the, nothing had affected the top end of it. So, it was great. Went down through. Like you asked me, uh, even before the spot, we had hit a handful of fish. Before we hit the first anchoring spot, didn't see too much there one fish there, and then went down through, um, saw a few more fish, just all small fish, um, and then went past, and then on the big, a big, a big bridge, you know, everybody kind of knows that spot, and, dude, my dad nails a wall, or, he hits, he's just dragging his fly down the middle of the thing, because we're kind of moving, oddly, I don't know why, but, all of a sudden, his rod just bends, doubles over, and, it's and he's like i got something big i got something big and it's just a thrash rash rash moves a little fights decent for a second and then it kind of you know let up a little bit and it came up and we saw what it was and but when it came up it came back and and did a nice little run and we saw it was oh my god that's a giant walleye holy <laughs> shit get that one in you know so we wanted to see it and so did you net that fish oh yeah absolutely netted it and uh you know, it was it was bleeding pretty good, and you know we talk about fishing. Uh, it it's a you have to, and with the fly, we're not feeding them bait. We're not feeding them most stuff. You don't you can't eat any of the walleye out of our river, or we would have probably bonked that fish and kept it Why not? You know, at that rate, if we if if we could eat fish from there, I probably would have. It sucks. So it was bleeding a bit, but my dad pulled the. You know, we, I'm looking where the flies at and it's right in its tongue like it's just a mouth bleed it's not like bleeding from the gills or anything and blood on the boat and stuff but put it back and you got it i told him i was like "Eh, just pick it up here we'll get a quick little pick of it and then put it right back and you know made sure it was good to go and it could swam off real well i didn't see it turn back up or anything so hopefully it was just a flesh wound and i'm sure those fish get bit by other fish and get hurt and other situations, and bleed, and don't die, so, it wasn't coming out the gills, so I felt, I felt good about that, at least, putting it back, so, it is a blood sport, though, and you have to be ready for all that, you have to be like, yeah, you know, if you kill a fish, you kill a fish, it is what it is, right, that thing's just
3: fine,
2: oh, I'm, I think so, too, but, have you guys ever heard the thing, the, uh, about, soda, yes, no, it doesn't work, no, the. Th- that's the dumbest Why thing I've the ever how heard. How would my you
3: it? The best thing you do is just get it back in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Put it back. Put it back. Yeah. Okay. Get, just get it as quick as you can. Yeah.
2: Yep. Just, just making sure. <laughs> that's I'm, what I would I'm think. I'm on the same page with you guys. Yeah. No. Plus, so the you're, thing thing you're sitting
3: there jacking it. around trying to do all that. You're yeah. keeping it out of the water oh, yeah. even longer. It needs to be able
5: to have water to make itself
3: to breathe. To fix itself.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure its blood cauterizes better underwater than it does out of water. It's made for underwater. You know? So that was, but that fish was fun. It was awesome. It was good fish. We'd, we'd already been picking up fish. It was like, okay, it's gonna be a good night. It was a fun night. Uh, great hatch last night. Caddis everywhere. You know, we were like breathing them in by the end of the night. And uh, by <laughs> we went over, we went over the obstruction. You know, and I mean, there, there couldn't have been like there was like 16 on me. There was like 85 felt like on my dad's back. Jace's face that and that whole stupid-ass hat he had on was all covered. <laughs> like There was cats everywhere. <laughs> but uh, Right above there, we'd moved a few good fish uh, all up through Chad's spot. I mean, like I said, we got a bunch, and then we went through that section, and we didn't have much time. It was getting late. The pictures make that look like light. The street lights were all coming on. It was way darker than it looked coming through my camera on my phone. You should
2: have been at home. The street lights were on. Oh, it was
5: it was getting dark. We're like, can we? Dad's like, do we got time? Fishes? I'm like, yeah, we got time. We got time. This the, that fish is gonna feel like he's safe right now because it's dark. Like he's gonna come out and actually show himself. Might be because it's dark. So, you know, you put it to j c He knew where to slap fly down. He got one miss, miss. And then I'm like, all right. And I was kind of getting pushed around. I'm like, all right, give him one more chance to kind of asked his end in. And bam, this fly or this fish takes off. I'm like, or it didn't, it it held down real quick for the first two seconds. And I asked him, "Is, is it a hybrid? And he's like, I don't know, but it's something big. And then it took off. And my dad just ducked, had his fly line, got his fly line in, kind of ducked into the fly line, ran around the whole boat. And I just kind of told Jace, like, we're going to Wicked Tuna, this son of a bitch. <laughs> we're going to back down on it, dude, and we're just going to chase it down. So we went back across and chased this fish down. And it took off almost down past where n- the point of no return, turned back
2: around, and came back up towards us. That That's their M.O. in that spot, because the one I hooked earlier in that day did the same thing yeah. from shore. Mm-hmm.
5: He ran out, went to try to go to the and then Jay's turned him and oh, you know every one of them's been hooked.
3: Oh if this if this year a few
5: times. This year a couple, yeah, me and my dad caught the same fish down there. But that one was almost a good sized fish. It was it was probably seven pounds. It was fun, man, to ha- to see that thing just I mean, it was you know, poles bent and it's gone. It's doing what it wants to do. We like I said, we got it Jay, Dad did a great Great job netting it,
2: and I gotta give you guys a glass rod. You gotta, you gotta fight one on a glass rod. So we moved just from down, <laughs> Well, we moved just from. No, I'm not doing that.
5: We moved just from down there. Next next conversation, we moved just from down there, and uh, got a couple uh, rock bass, a couple crappie. Uh, you know, we had caught two walleye throughout the day. It was a fun day. It was it, overall. Other than Jace losing his cost of sunglasses, that was the worst thing that happened that day. He had put him on the stupid hat and then he went to readjust the dumb hat and then they flew off the hat and he said and he has the thing on him. They could where he could put him around his neck all the time and I don't know. Yeah, life happens. It comes at you really quick sometimes too in fast moving water.
2: So speaking of losing things.
5: Yeah. We're going to today.
2: Yeah. <laughs> today
5: was great. Today was a good day. We started out the day. Had good water. Uh, I didn't catch anything in the first play spot when we went through, but um, started moving fish pretty quickly. Uh, once we got down to where uh, the second second inflow comes in, or second other creek comes in, fish all over, fish, 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 fish. fish. Start moving fish. I mean, and we, I don't know. We probably put. Uh, Dozen, dozen trout in, probably seven, six, six smallmouth. I mean, <clears throat> good day. You know, there was fun day. Felt like pretty consistent action.
2: Then what? Why doesn't your voice say fun day? I,
5: I got a seventeen. <laughs> I got a seventeen-inch smallmouth myself today, and I, I probably lost what was all of a twenty. I hooked them too good. On, I mean, I, I, I strip set right to the right to the hip, you know, and held the pressure, and I, I. I I don't know if I just gave him too much pressure or what, what happened. I mean, I but I held right there, and it just, that fly just popped out. I'm like, damn, I was pissed about that fish. And then after that, it felt like the day just started spiraling out of control. I don't know. So
2: you were the catalyst to the day going?
5: No, no, we caught other fish <laughs> after that. No, the day was fine. But, man, I fucked up. I... It was smooth, move. Water, the water moves really fast there. you all know this, and it gets moving and you don't you know shit comes at you fast I'm trying to point out a spot and where I would have been a few weeks ago and been fine I, and you know when people and anybody being in front of you in the boat, it's always a you know your blind spot. You know, you're always looking around the guy in front of you in the boat, right? You're always bucking your head to the side, kind of, or or having the boat to an angle. But there, it's so skinny, you really can't have the boat to too much of an angle. And I should have been had my head on a swivel better. It was my fault. I'm the rower. I'm the guy who owns the boat. I'm 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 the ultimate person who could have had us in a better situation to not have been in the bad situation in the first place. So, you know, I'm trying to point out a spot to Mike to fish and. I miss a rock. I high side a good sized rock at a, at a high, pretty high rate of speed. and So the boat turns up, turns up sideways. And well, my rod's in the front of the boat. PJ's didn't have his rod out. And well, PJ's like, uh, the rock's like underneath him. So I ask him, I'm like, at this point, you know, stuff's going crazy. Boat, like I said, turns damn near sideways and starts spinning around the rock. So now we're ass face down instead of, you know, the right position. And. Ah, oh, man. So now we're like, all right, I'm like, we're going to bounce off this rock. There's no way one of us is getting out. You can't get out. Like, there's no getting out. Like, you'll die if you get out. <laughs> you're going to drown. So we start, and I, I have no idea at this point. I don't know if the rods already fell out. I, lo- I lost my rod and reel and line and everything today. So we'll put that and out sweet there. And my sweetwater. Yeah. And, which and, is the most and my sweetwater fly from Dom, which mon- was killing fish today, too. And. I don't know. I just I don't know what if it was just that first initial hit to the to the thing, or once we started bouncing around to try to get it loose, or I I have no idea. Or once it got loose and we I, I haven't I don't know I don't know. I just noticed once we got down the stream like not very far like once
2: PJ didn't have a rod.
5: We didn't have a rod up front. I'm like, where's my rod? And then there's no rod, and I'm like, uh well. And meanwhile, and all this ruckage happening, I told PJ, hey, step to the back with me. Well, he steps over. Steps on the new, or not new, uh, month or two old my my net, breaks the wooden net. I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. It, it's fixable. I'm going to put some wood glue on it, be able to, and it's not even broke all the way through, so I'll be able to wood glue it and put you it back together it? with a clamp and just leave it for a couple of days, and I'll probably take it out west and be fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, in all this bullshit... Mike is trying to get his rod or his his fly in to help everybody do what we have to do to get the fuck unstuck, and he hooks like what's probably fourteen, fifteen inch smallmouth. <laughs> so it's you know it's thrashing, and, and you know he's he's trying to and, he, and then he so he he picks up the said broken now that is broken uh, net and you know nets the fish and whatever else, and he I should guess-
2: have made PJ net it.
5: At this point i'm you know I'm livid, I'm totally fucking pissed. my rod's gone or right, i I actually didn't even notice that no at that point, I didn't notice the rod was gone yet, so then we get a little bit lower. I notice the rod's gone. No, we stop. I walk back up. we're all looking for the rod p j goes out so deep looking for the rod now he falls in, he's neck deep in water. He pulls the uncle Scott dude with all his clothes on. And he is now skinny dipping in all of his water and all of his and all of his clothes up to his neck in a hoodie, and I I I don't even notice really at first. But he comes back up to me and his cost of sunglasses are fucking soaked, and I don't even know. I'm like, like look, I look at him. I'm like, man, what are you? And I did not even say anything because you know at this point I'm fucking livid and I'm still li- you weren't speaking to him. Yeah, at this point I'm not <laughs> speaking to anybody, and I'm i i I just want to choke everything. I want to punch every tree. I want to drown myself. I'm. Like I'm looking like like a frantic like crackhead for my goddamn crack pipe, you know, or fly rod in the bottom of the river, you know. I'm itching and uh, my god, I gotta find my shit. So, but it wasn't there. So that is the end of the uh, six weight I had. I had to love my six weight. That was my favorite rod, I think.
2: So, who are your t- two favorite people to go trout fishing with?
5: <laughs> my, my wife. My wife and Mike now. <laughs> PJ lost his seat. <laughs> that son of a bitch. God
2: damn it, PJ. That's fine, he got a job now.
5: Yeah, he's moving to Pittsburgh.
2: <laughs> he's gonna be a fucking yinzer.
5: <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and then so then, you know, they blow the bottom out of this thing and they, they cut up uh some trees on the bottom that I didn't know they had cut up. So this lets like any water that was down there that used to help us out before isn't there and now it's all out of there and it's like from two weeks ago it's a totally fucking different place than I was before you know you can see the water line come down three feet so now things that were you know places we could just push the boat right through now they're you know three four feet out of the water and you're like Holy fucking shit. Now I know what Mark was talking about down here. That
3: is exactly why it makes sense as to why you and you know, I are telling me. I'm like, man. You, but you know like, what that is? That the, was
5: like inches. That's the top end of it changing the gauge. That's the top end of it going, oh, we're in summer pool now. Ba-doom. There we go. Now everything drops. And you can see that even with our our river here. You see the same type of shit. There's a water level. There's a water table. You don't see that with places that rise and fall with the normal flow of what is just running water. Run off. Run off. Run off. You see that with places like our outflow. You understand? Like dam controlled. Exactly. So, learn learned to me a lesson today. Not going the whole way out again now, Sh- huh? Nah, fuck that. Now, I learned you don't, a lesson. Are
3: you sure it's not because they took that tree and all that out?
5: I don't think so. No, not the way you're seeing the line like you were seeing it. You're not going to see a line like that all over the place. Even above that, you're seeing yeah. a line. It's a line. And when you see a line, you know. You're like, this just isn't, yeah, you Yeah, know. a
3: tree's going to build up one pole. It's not going to build up the whole stretch.
5: Yeah, and it was, you could see it. So, I was like, huh. huh. Again, this is what Mark was talking about down here, that he saw this, not what I was seeing for the last few months, you know, and learning, learning experience, broke two rods, lost a rod, broke a rod that can't get fixed, really, because it's PJ's custom rod. Oh, that was
2: a custom rod that broke?
5: Yeah, he snapped, a, he broke a custom rod, guy made for him, personally, so. Well, luckily, he's buddies with <clears> that dude. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that, and that sucks for him, too, and. Yeah, it was a it was a brutal day. After we we had a great day of fishing, but it, it the the percent of the day was great, or even eighty. The last twenty percent. I mean, I'm talking from like so. Mike was the only the whole one, right <laughs> before the the takeout before we started taking out the gainey. Before that, everything was cool, dude. Like if we'd went like five more feet on a normal float and would have been fucking out of the water and nothing would have ever happened. I mean, it was like the very end of the float. Just everything went to like a spiral out of control.
1: So
3: Mike was the only one that brought home everything he left with intact.
5: Oh, yeah. So, you know, you have those days. That's what makes the days when you hook those big fish and everything goes right a great day. Because some days, fucking stuff isn't perfect. Yeah, and we still had a good day. It was fun. I still had a good time. You know, I, I... You know what? If I'd have lost this rod a couple weeks from now... I wouldn't have been as pissed, but I got a trip to go out west and yeah,
2: you're going to Montana in two and, weeks
5: and not even, dude. Like, yeah, ten, eleven days, dude. I got a full week of work and then two days of work, and this yeah. whole weekend's gonna be packing and
3: and you gotta pay full price for that. It's adult, unlike your shirt.
5: You I know,
3: gonna, dude. You can't get into
5: the kids section for
3: a I know, price. dude. It's
5: not an extra <laughs> sh- medium. I bought this out of the
2: women's. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. It has the boob marks. I know, dude. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. You've got to at least take the shoulder pads out. Keep talking
5: for 30 seconds. <laughs> I got pee so bad, I might just pee in one of these cans. Nah. That's all I got. I, had, I But I've been having a great time floating my ass off lately. Camp was fun. Yeah, it was all, both the last two days have been really, really fun, you know? You pay the tax sometimes. You pay the fishing tax. The sometimes river toll. Yeah, the river toll. You know, you pay it. Hey, some days you, some days you lose, some days you win. So... I lost a little today, and you know what, though? Hey, back at the chops next time I go out, I just fix the seven weight. I'll send the other one back. It'll be my main rod for a while till I spend up, get some funds to buy myself another six weight I want. Yeah, Chad lost Probably his mind the sim- today.
2: Yeah, you lost a rod. I lost my mind. I, I watched
5: Chad break his n- nine weight. He liked for a few different times. You know, that shit sucks, man. But it is what it is. You, at the end of the day, you just take a lump and – I'm going to buy the same rod. I love that rod. That was a good rod. Yeah, that was. That rod casts well, makes people cast better than they really are. It was super fast. Yeah, super fast. I love it. Perfect for what we were doing. That crux. It was a Rennington crux rod. Or crew rod. I don't know the fuck you, how you say it. I'm a redneck.
2: <laughs> I think it's crux. I don't know. That's how you say It
5: sure is. Hey,
2: so, who's tonight show brought to us by? Who, who are you wearing, Jay? Hey. Who are you wearing? They're <laughs> brought to you by Sims Fishing. <laughs> Find them at simsfishing.com.
5: I did. I put an order in. Uh, you had Sims underwear on? <laughs> you know, if I could wear some Sims. You got underwear, guys? Uh, I will buy some underwear. Uh, I did. I just put in a nice order. I, I got a nice uh, medium. You
2: got everything from flip flops to, to shorts to shirt to hat. All Sims. Oh, come on. You dude. are that dude. He has his whole order on you. You're that d- you're the dude Tommy was talking about last week.
5: The guy who looks cool?
2: You're the prototypical trout fisherman right now. Yeah. You're that dude. You are, what we, you, you
3: are what we absolutely guys, destroyed you, for the last three you years. Guys have, you guys you you have a
5: Yeti hat that looks damn near the same as are. this fucking Sims hat. You I ha- have that Sims no. hat in black. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and you I have, have that pullover. Uh, yeah, but come mine on. Mine is in and no, I don't have come on, shorts I don't. on. Oh, hey, 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 With hey, 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 hey. I didn't yeah. buy the shorts. My wife bought the shorts. The flip-flops are freaking awesome, by the way. They're also Sims. They're super, super mm-hmm. awesome. You go to the country
3: club when you leave here?
5: Hey, hey, hey. I look, and if I did, I would look awesome in all my Sims gear. I was getting ready for summer, and you know why? There's a couple more things I've I've wanted to buy. I want to get a nice pair of the uh, waiting pants, light pair of waiting pants, and uh, oh, the gloves, a nice pair of sun gloves. Shipping gloves. But other than that, you know, awesome stuff. Everything I got, I got a a, a nice rain jacket as well. Really light. Um, I don't exactly remember the, the name of the one. It's the lightest one they sell. Man, it will roll up to nothing. Nice, nice quality. Feels great. So, thank you, Sims. Find all your stuff at Sims. And X Hooks. Predator Fly Gear. Speaking of sun shirts,
2: check them out. Tonight's show is being brought to us live from the Auxiliary Urban Fly Company Studios. Check them out at urbanflycompany.com. Queen City Guiding.
5: Get all your stuff you need, all flies. Brian's been tying tons of flies lately. And any materials you need for fly tying, Queen City Guiding.
2: Why not fishing? Check out the rapid dock. Alrighty, guys. We will catch y'all next week.
1: Yeah. You know what I want to hear, about? What you want to hear? I want to hear that Wu-Tang, joint. Wu-Tang again? Ah, uh, yeah, again and again. Wu-Tang Clan coming at
0: you. Watch the, the step, step, kid. Watch that step, step. smoking joke razor the hell raiser raising hell with the flavor terrorize the jam like troops in pakistan swinging through your town like your neighborhood spider-man so all uh, tick tock and keep ticking while i get you flipping off the sh- i'm kicking the lone ranger wet danger, deep in the dark with the art, to with the charts apart the vandal, too hot to handle your battle he's saying goodbye, I like to be careful roughneck, inspect X on the set the rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal the way I make the crowd go wild wow. sit back, relax, won't smile wow. Ray got it going on pal call me the rap assassinator rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger and I'ma get mad deep like a threat blow up your project then take all your assets cause I came to shake the frame and half with the thoughts that bomb, shit like math. So if you wanna try to flip, yo, flip on the next man. Cause I'll grab the clip and picture with 16 shots and more I got. Going
1: to war with the melt and